We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, most times we go deep. And you're going to get to see all of that in Squawking Dead's best clips covering The Walking Dead Season 10. And today I'm joined by me, David Cameo, Sharon D. Blazy Gardner, and Nisa, WTF Nisa. Without further ado, I think we're just going to jump right into it. I'm kind of glad that you get, you gals are here with me um, because I kind of like the idea. I, when we were actually envisioning this um, episode 100, like Walking Dead, uh, Squawking Dead retrospective, uh, you know, episode in five parts, the idea behind it is that we kind of wanted to sort of have the listeners take on what we've done in the last three years you know i mean we're actually getting really close to the end of the third year and we're gonna be starting up our fourth year come i want to say it's like october like late october i think something like that october 23rd i can't exactly remember when our birthday is but um but this is kind of what like as we were talking about it this is kind of what we're envisioning actually having having the listeners come in and kind of weigh in on our best moments or i don't know what we what we're calling our our best clips uh of each episode and sometimes there's more than one clip too as as you're gonna see now see as as we started making more clips uh starting from season five of the of fear of the walking dead we have a lot more clips obviously for season 10 now so there's a little bit more to work with but then also like now we have you know there's some episodes that have like two clips some one has three and we're going to go through that all but anyway without further ado let's get into the first clip and then get this process started you know fast forward we're actually shooting it's the episode where he arrives to hilltop first time. Jesus brings in a whole like core family. You know, Stephen and Maggie and uh, Daryl and Carol and Michelle, they're all there and um, we're there for the first time ever. We don't know what's going on. Like, the levels, of, you guys can speak to it, it's like the levels of like security and secrecy and confidentiality are so deep, like you don't know anything. Um, so we get there, we don't know what's happening, we don't know what the situation is, so we're like really getting ready to shoot this thing and Andrew just steps up and he's like, alright, so what's happening? He's doing the Azra crimes, he's speaking improvisation Azra crimes, like, alright guys, what's happening? Like, you've been living here forever and like, these guys like, are coming up to your door, like it's us, but you don't know it's us, you think it could be like these savior people who just like murdered like, a teenager in front of you, so when you, when we come to the front of the, these gates, like, you have to be so vigilant, like, you don't know who it is, um, let's go, and he did one of these, come on, let's go, and, uh, that, that was Uh, for the scene, you know, I think for the show too, they, they always say this for you know, shows and movies, they, they, and just this is true in general for any organization, like leadership is like top down, right? Like you, you follow the example of the people above you, especially the one at the top, the captain of the QB, and I think from day one, season one, I, 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 I wasn't there, but I can imagine Especially from what I've heard anecdotally, like Andrew has always been like uh, a real amazing role model. 
just so everybody knows the context of that clip. Now, obviously, we didn't start with season 10, but uh, what you may not know is that we're friends with uh, Chris from BMNY Deadcast. And, you know, obviously, we had him on, we have, we've had him on the podcast as a host. And now we're just really good friends. We, when we went down to Camp Merrimack Charity Bash, we were around each other a lot. Yeah. And, and, you know, we were just buddy, buddy. And we, he was introducing me to other people, you know, other people in the fandom and also like uh, in the, on The Walking Dead, people that he's interviewed, they're kind of really good with him. And, um, you know, so he's kind of like dragging me around by my, uh, by my lapels everywhere and just making sure I see the right people and everything. But what's cool is that like New York Comic Con, w- of which this panel was taken out of, they actually pulled Twitter like several months back saying, hey, what podcast do you think deserves a fan panel on, on New York Comic Con? And then without hesitation, all of BMNY's fans chimed into the, um, to their Twitter account saying, BMNY Deadcast, BMNY Deadcast. Long story short, they got the panel. Uh, Chris, you know, asks me to come on. Uh, he asks also Meg, Meg the Geek uh, and well, anybody else from Squawking Dead anyway. But and um, he's able to wrangle Frankie, at least to four, Oscars, Red Hat, you know, the artist, Walking Dead artist, and also um, James Chen. James Chen play, play, played Cal on the show from Hilltop. And so obviously that clip is him describing what it was like to meet Andrew, Andrew Lincoln for the first time, how he sets the stage and how he is as kind of like an actor in person. And so that's what that clip's about. And, you know, I was there, obviously. Um, I was kind of cut off on the left. I was just next to um, uh, at least two four. Uh, and I, it wasn't really technically cut off. I, I just made it a square video just for sharing purposes for later on. Um, but yeah, that's that's the context of that clip. Um, but we've all heard of stories of Andrew Lincoln before, um, like how he kind of gets into character. You've seen him in, in Instagram pictures with his, with his earbuds on, you know, between scenes and stuff like that, rehearsing lines to himself. But I think this clip was kind of cool to get like a little, a little insider from the actors of what he's kind of like, you know, what that scene was like too. What a great way to um, be brought into a show and just have them throw you right in. I mean, it just seemed like a fun way to jump in, give you yeah, a like feel for it right confusion. away. Like, I don't know what's going on, but these guys seem scary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would be completely freaked out to be like on stage, not be the one just watching it. It was a little nerve wracking, but it, it, you'll see what I did. And I almost, almost what I did at the beginning of that panel. So there is a link, obviously, at the end of the video and in the beginning of the video, the card of to the actual um, panel that we filmed that day. But we also had footage from my friend Matt, who who actually took some camera footage, did some camera work. So we remixed it after the live stream that we originally had that day. And um, from from the moment we came on, I was like, I was trying to psych up the audience, first of all, in the beginning. And then also <laughs> when I was introducing myself, I just like went a little over the top. So it was a little too ridiculous. If you ever want to know that I'm nervous, I, I kind of have this tendency to make an ass out of myself. And it looks on purpose, but it's not. <laughs> but I play it off like it's on purpose. The joke that I made to, to psych people up is I, I put the I put the mic like this in front of my face because this is how we used to do our podcast at first. Like just like this. It's like, hey, I'm David Cameo and you're listening to Squawking Dead. And so I put the mic on the table in front of my face like this, thinking, first of all, not thinking, obviously, that, oh, people have heard of Squawking Dead, right? <laughs> no, nobody knows what the fuck I'm talking about. Nobody watches the show. <laughs> Look, it's so... Ah, that was funny for me. Only me. I already did the deed. Now I could just be me. You know, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. we fucked up. And now now we could just be ourselves. 
So if ever if you ever want to know how to not be nervous, do that. Just, yeah. just make a complete ass out of you. I will tell you who I was very excited to see. Dante. That was oh like my gosh. I was he's in, right out of the comics, too. Perfect, dude. He was so perfect. When he walked in, I was like, dude, you couldn't have casted a better Dante. He For even those who looks the, like him. Looks yeah. like him. He has the same swagger. Oh my same gosh. approach. I was like, this yep. nailed it. You guys nailed it. Like yes. this one. You got it. I, I don't, I'm not even sure who the actor is. Do you know who the actor is? Juan Javier no Can- Cardenas. Okay, I thank think. you, God. Juan Javier <laughs> Cardenas. God has spoken. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, he was, he was absolutely perfect. He looks just like him, that, that cocky, pompous attitude, yeah. like, totally. oh, he's just perfect. I cannot yeah. wait to see more from him. That was like one of the, like a big highlight for me when he walked in and introduced himself. I was like, oh, he's here. This is right? awesome. I was yes. like, you have big scenes coming up, especially knowing that Maggie is coming back. Right. So I was like, okay, okay. I'm seeing this all come together. All yeah. right. Ooh. So, oh my gosh. That this was awesome. So the only thing. Was he a doctor in the comics? I don't remember him being no. a doctor. No, he was just was a dude. Thing. That was yeah. the only thing that was different. Like, I mean, because they never really got into like his, I guess, pre-apocalyptic life. Like, basically, mm-hmm. we just know like that he was like a fighter, you know. Yeah. But that's but that's about it, you know. So yeah, but I was like, you but got that's him. Cool. Yeah, I was like, this is cool. Like, give like him it. more substance. That's cool. Like, but yeah. you got it. They got it perfectly. But the crazy thing was, it's like Sadiq has some serious like post-traumatic stress man oh big time big time big time i'm almost wondering that whole thing with the spider and Mm -hmm. then when he when he flashed back to the barn and then we see the spider in the web i almost i almost wonder if that's him like freezing like he had a like he had a moment where he just froze and didn't fight back yeah and that and like i don't know i don't know and and that could yeah and that would definitely give you ptsd i mean ptsd and and guilt and having the flashbacks i mean what if he froze what if he didn't yeah. do anything? Yeah, he probably still remembers kind of like, or maybe he like had a moment of like self-preservation and he just kind of saved himself or hid yeah, or whatever. Hit. And he has, he has guilt knowing that like he didn't do anything. Like everybody else was kind of like fighting together to kind mm-hmm. of try and defeat them. And he just chose and like, I don't know, maybe it was like cowardly or hit or something, whatever, you know, and he's still kind of like dealing with like, you know, like the after effects of that. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. obviously like it's still like really like weighing on his head. Yeah. Let me give you a little bit of context in this clip. Between the events of New York Comic Con and, and a whole bunch of things, I was getting the graphics up, trying to get a whole bunch of things ready for season 10. I had enough time to see the episode. I did not have enough time to actually get notes for the episode. So what I did was was they said, hey, gals, how about you guys do another show by yourself? I'll just, you know, be producer in the background and you guys just have at it. Normally what I would have done is jumped in right there and say, you don't know what the fucking spiderweb thing is all about? What is What happens when a, spy, when a fly hits a web? You know, it can't get out of it, right? That's the whole allegory of the spider and the web. You know, it's like the, the, the Black Widow reference, playing with its prey and then eventually like, you know, because, you know, you're playing with your prey. You're trying to, it's an a trap and there's nothing you can do so it's not it's not like about deception girls god what's wrong with you <laughs> but i couldn't chime in because this is their show and so the only thing i did chimed in about was like okay Juan javier cardenas which i pronounced wrong anyway sue me little did we know yes exactly exactly that's what makes this clip so funny in the rear view because it's like oh my god it's dante because he's here maggie's coming back and then we're gonna <laughs> 
We're gonna have some sexy times and he's a warrior and he's really strong and he's such an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Maggie's finally gonna have, you know, like a love story after Glenn and oh my god. No. <laughs> That's nope. not what happened. Nope. At all. And see, this is what I was trying to tell Rachel last time. <laughs> Ever since you got hit with the "what if Sadiq's a traitor" thing, I like. I know, I know, you thought in your heart you didn't think that, but like on this episode, you're like, yeah, you know, maybe he froze. I'm like, well, no, maybe he had no choice. <laughs> it's like, no, he didn't freeze. Was he gonna fight on all the whispers and Alpha on his by himself? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like no, they're gonna restrain him and make him watch some porn, like some not porn, but like. <laughs> Faces of death porn, you know, like the things about like unmasking and what that means, like all those little, little moments where like, let's say Alpha, tell, you know, takes the mask off of Gamma and then she takes the mask <laughs> off the sister and she takes the mask off herself at different points in time. It, it kind of goes back. So if, and I'm not, I don't want to get into this, but I kind of want you to take what I said about what these two people actually represent within Alpha and then mm -hmm. just pay attention to the moments where yeah, um, even and this is all to kind of go back to the field where that moment happens where the sister kind of takes off her own mask, you know, and and notice what and just kind of like tie that into what being that they are kind of physical manifestations of these different pieces of alpha mm -hmm. when she sees the okay, so she says to Gamma that she made everything right in my head again, right? You know, mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, I see things clearer now, like I, I don't feel it anymore. But when she sees the carrier in the field, yeah, like the, yeah. the walker with the carrier, the baby carrier in the front, the baby Bjorn, yeah, <laughs> that is that's the trigger, yeah. But what ha so that's when you start seeing the flashbacks, but there's one yeah. specific flashback that's not something we've seen before. When Alpha tells her bring to the, bring him. Right. Bring him with you. Did you see that, Carol? No. When was oh, it? This one specific flash where she says, bring the child. Like, like yep. with the she, she yeah. Pulled him out. She pulls him up like that. Yep. Really? She knew. Oh, she knew. She knew immediately that baby was going to die. She she knew she was going to sacrifice the baby. And I think, again. But for a, a specific purpose. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. She wanted to show our group how ruthless she is. Mm -hmm. Oh, my and, God. And that kind of takes you all the way back to the beginning of this episode. Mm -hmm. She has no problem sacrificing somebody else's child right but not her own no her but own. it goes it goes way deeper than that like she needed to do that to kind of prove to herself that she could do it for herself but she's she's so like sadistic that she's putting other people through her problems mm -hmm. do you know what i mean yeah. I, does that make okay. sense what i'm saying i yeah. i think yeah like she's so committed to her own ethos that she's willing to pull up all the other roots you know like she's willing to decimate other and to even have to do that shouldn't that tell you already how bad your philosophy is yeah. <laughs> like that you have to like yeah. raise the earth to kind of make a point yeah. she knew what she was doing she didn't have mm -hmm. to do it too yeah. scorched yeah. earth <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what I'm talking about is she made Gamma's sister bring the baby to the field. You know, we had that incident with Connie saving it and everything. That's, That's the that baby Adam, right? That the Suttons take care of. The point of me saying that is that she had to do it for herself to know that she could do it for Lydia. Meaning, you know, of course I killed my own daughter and here's, you know, here's the proof. I'm not afraid of killing your daughter too, or sorry, your son or your baby or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like to kind of prove to the gang that like, yeah, oh yeah, I did this too. So you, you, 
you need to do it too. I'm the example. You have to follow the example. Meanwhile, she didn't do it. She didn't do yeah. it. Or the, or to prove that she could do it for herself, meaning like later on, if she had to, she could. But then obviously we find out at the end of the season that like, oh no, she has to take my place. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. And you will guide her. You will be her. You will be her. <laughs> In the beginning of, of this clip, I explained something about the gam both Gamma and her sister representing different sides of Alpha. So, you know, the one of innocence, but also the one of hardness, right? Like Gamma's trying to be hard, you know? You're trying to be this person that, you know, oh, I could be this person if I want to be in order to survive or in order to get along. But Gamma's sister can't handle it. She can't hang it. You know, she, she, we, you know, you realize that she is this way because, you know, she lost her baby and she can't square that circle so much, which is like, it's similar. These two, these two sisters are the same two parts of Alpha that are wrestling, trying to be something in order to, for a grander purpose, right? And this yeah. is Gamma. And then the other sister is, be, is literally the other part. Part of Alpha that's struggling without her child. I mean, I remember even when she, well, mm. when Alpha, you know, tells her to put the baby down and. All right, in season nine. Like, yeah, you know, she's like, seriously? She kind of looks like you know both sides. Like, uh, oh, she, serious? Oh, okay, okay. She right, and then she, down. she cocks her head like this. <laughs> She's cocking her head like, kind of like Rick, but like more in surprise. Yeah, and you you notice that other whispers they they were like like is Alpha serious? You know, so you know like except for the few in the back, they're like, yeah, yeah, you do. That. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. You put that baby down. They nod their heads. <laughs> yeah, but some of them were like, is she serious? Oh, okay, she's serious. Okay, we, we can see from the beginning that it's like not everyone is on the same page as Alpha. Do you think that seeing the way Gamma's sister reacted to losing her child affected the way Alpha saw the possibility of losing Lydia. Like you said, she was for two different halves of Alpha. So when she saw the way the motherly half reacted, did that, do you think that changed the way she viewed her relationship um, with Lydia? I think it was just a reflection, like a mirror reflection. But maybe you're right. Maybe there is a little bit of a feedback loop, meaning Alpha sees the reaction of the sister. And obviously you got to put her down because she climbed on top of the Alpha like a backpack. <laughs> Later on in the season, you see the baby baby's baby bird's nest thing like where she she goes back to the old whisperer camp and there she's built this like what looks like a pseudo bird's nest bathtub like in the flashbacks mm -hmm, yeah. it's kind of like will i ever right. get over this maybe because this is why i said she had to do this she had to make gamma sister bring the baby to the field and do what she did so that she can you know like oh can, can is this possible is this what we are is this what we can be you know we can become so much better and stronger and whatever i prefer to think of it more like as like a mirror but like like, but no, maybe you're right. Maybe she's just trying to figure out ways to commit one of the worst things she could ever commit, you know, to what naturally would be, you know, something we wouldn't. When you're creating art, let's say, the last thing you want to have to do is beg people to like, I mean, not like necessarily, but, you know, to ask others to follow or share a video because you feel like your work should stand on its own, right? I mean, I think, I know that you guys understand how I feel, Sarah, Danielle. I remember that one time that I did it, it really sent me up a tree. It really made me feel like, dirty like weird like like dirty and weird well i'm already weird but dirty it really really uh kind of tied my stomach in knots I, I can tell you to share this video and, and i really don't first of all i don't really care <laughs> 
care. But second of all, it's 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 just one of those things where like, I mean, what value is somebody going to get from learning about the winners of this giveaway? FOMO? Are they going to get FOMO from, from not entering this giveaway? I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. I, I do think it's a good mixture of good social media strategy. I do think it's a matter of presentation. I do think it's the fandom. I also do think it's just a matter of really drilling down, find, and maybe even just individually trying to pick the right people to recruit, let's say. And even that kind of makes me feel a little dirty because I just want people to want to do it. And the problem is people have only so much bandwidth. You know, they got their own problems. And nowadays everybody seems to be a creator. This video is basically announcing the winners of the Road, the Road to Thousands giveaway. Part of the giveaway was actually obviously entering, you know, following, sharing, etc. All that stuff. But the other part of it was if we increased our follower account um, from some of these accounts or any any one of the accounts to, one th to the thousand mark or the two thousand mark or the three thousand mark, let's just say that's why it's called the roads of thousands you know we would add another winner slot and so i remember painfully <laughs> the last day of trying to get people to like honestly i didn't want to do it but like part of me was like well what's this for if we couldn't get one account to a thousand i like literally would contact people i i shared something out and then i said i tagged a couple people and then i contacted some people you know privately and it was just a whirlwind and i remember like i watched the episode of the walking dead and then midway into the in, midway into Talking Dead, I passed out. So I didn't. I stopped looking because obviously we had to get to the episode. We had to watch it. And then I wake up. You know, I missed the rest of walk of Talking Dead. And I wake up and we're like, oh, we're at one point one thousand followers on Instagram. I think it was. And I was like, oh wow, we can add another winner slot. That's so great. And but then you know, this is me like my me doing my confession about like you know this is really tough. I don't know why it's this tough for us. I I can't claim to know exactly what it is that makes people want to follow. Follow. I only know what works and what doesn't. And this is me like a sort of complaining, but also be like just kind of giving people a little bit of a side of me that they may they might not normally see, like in terms of just letting people in on what my, what I think, you know, and how, you know, as a creator, like, you know, all the feelings that I have when it when it comes to that, like how hard it is. And so I gave them a little earful before I before I announced yeah, before it I announced the winner. It is hard. I have the same issue. I've been plugging away at Instagram and Twitter for the better part of like three years now between fandoms and I can barely scratch 1200 and I'm not sure what I need to do to market you know I don't really like marketing myself or promoting myself but it's really hard to get to build an audience and I'm not sure yeah, what to do I mean, to make it part easier of, part, we kind of talked about that when we were covering that one clip from Fear the Walking Dead about how Squawking Dead is convoy and basically it was you could be like Ginny and go follow for follow yeah. follow for follow <laughs> <laughs> or like or like you can be like convoy like you know, going out there in other people, you know, looking out for other people so that they can look at you, you know, being involved in them so that they can be involved in you. Like if they choose to, you know, they don't have to, but like, you know, if they want to after that, like when we've had these conversations offline, quality exactly, over quantity. ends up happening, Sharon D basically two, one to 2% of your audience are, are the kinds of people that will really engage. If you're going out to people like outside of the realm of the show, or let's say, or something like that, <laughs> you come by, Hey, knock, knock. Hey, we just did an episode and, you know, could you share it? It's like, it's like you're a Mormon, you know, not to slander Mormons, but that like that, that evangelical branch that goes, knocks on doors and goes, can I talk to you about Squawking Dead? <laughs> the, the gospel of Squawking Dead. <laughs> you have a minute to hear the gospel of this. <laughs> the, the gospel of Dave? <laughs> the gospel 
<laughs> no, no, we, no, I don't. <laughs> Goodbye. But then we go into this one thing that I, I kind of want to talk about a little bit more. But I don't really know what to make of it because I genuinely want to know from you guys. And that's, um, I can see how she might know that they crossed their land in winter, that they crossed their land during the fire. But what this, the man with the metal arm, you and the man with the metal arm, and I'm assuming she's talking about Michonne. Yeah. When was that, right? When they were, when they were on horseback? By the river. But, yeah, by the right? river. But I didn't know, I didn't think that was their land. Now, did they watch Fear the there Walking there was... Dead? No, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I thought there was, uh, when Aaron, yeah, was, this was, it was right after they found the mask and they were going to go out on patrol and look for other signs. Yeah. But I didn't think they ever crossed. And the man, it, specifically the man with the metal arm and her. I, okay. Wait a minute. Okay. Sorry. I do remember. It was the bridge. And Michelle was saying, thank you for that. Oh, when he um, doing something stupid. When he the did something stupid. Yeah, yeah. Well, the bridge was the dividing line. Yes, oh, that okay. is true. Yeah, okay, you're right. Because okay, okay. I remember okay. like her coming down on him and being like, "Well, that was stupid." And, and stupid gets killed or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, okay. She's pretty watched their hands because it could they could have been whispers. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, they could have been among them. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think that just helped a whole bunch of people who are kind of maybe maybe confused about that because i was confused about that for a I second was too. Yeah. yeah i was too i think probably walker stalker did that to us <laughs> i completely forgot that scene yeah. i mean i i remember that scene but not as a as that being the border or whatnot you know what i mean right mm -hmm. so sometimes we point out scenes that even we miss it's like oh sometimes squawking dead doesn't know what the fuck's going on it's the one scene either from this episode or from the previous episode where aaron's just going out and killing walkers out near this bridge somewhere and Michelle's like, what the fuck are you doing? I don't think it's the same bridge that, that Gamma meets up with Aaron because I think that one's like more of a paved bridge. This was more of like a one of those dilapidated oh, yeah. pedestrian concrete bridges. Like it was over this random river. It was a pretty random scene. And it, Aaron's just hacking and slashing at these walkers. Oh, and, and if you remember, that's the same scene where like, okay, the walker comes to, to bite to bite Aaron's arm, but it's the metal arm. So it's just yeah. kind of stupid. Yeah, that's, that's what I like about you. It's <laughs> <laughs> like me. Yeah, yeah, resting on your laurels. Like, eh, I'm getting notes tomorrow. Eh, let's do the show without notes. No, no I value <laughs> I still value that, though. I actually do value that, like, sometimes a host can just come on without notes and just, just fire off the top of the dome. I just, you know what it is? It's just being like, I'm like literally, like, uh, Carol and I discussed this last night, like, really late. We were personally mm -hmm. DMing each other, and I'm like, watching, <laughs> I'm like, trying to watch uh, Talking Dead and trying to catch uh -huh. up finally, because. Yeah, I think NYCC threw me off. Um, WSC threw me off. Uh, all of that, and mm -hmm. and just trying to catch up has been maddening. And I was like, I'm always two episodes behind. Last night it was two and a half episodes. With talking dead, falling by the way. asleep. Oh no! Like, like you're right. I don't get sleep. <laughs> right. I still don't have time to catch up. So like Carol and I would DM each other on Slack, and I was just kind of like, Hey, I just realized something very important. Angela Kang is like, what would happen? if you and me had a baby <laughs> and like clearly she gets her looks from you but and I'm so like Angela King is your and Carol's baby yeah basically <laughs> like our greatest creation but I say that because it's like like all the looks and all the the, the like the geekiness of Carol and then oh like all the like studiousness and deep thinking you know <laughs> like the, the deep thoughts and psycho psychological harm she inflicts on all of us every week that's, that's me that's, that's me <laughs> I'm all the bad things <laughs>
I know when to be the butt of a joke, even though it's my own joke. No, that, that's hilarious. Yeah, exactly. It's Miss Kang. <laughs> my, my alter ego, my, my personal account, Miss Kang. You know what's funny about what you just said? When I first went online, this was like... um. I want to say CompuServe, but maybe even Prodigy. Like, this is like early, early days. CompuServe, oh, wow. This weird text terminal. And then we go into these different rooms. These are text-based rooms where we'd see chats and stuff like that pop up. And then CompuServe finally went graphical. Uh-huh. And when we went graphical, we saw all these chat rooms that were graphically based chat. It was, it was pretty good for the time. And uh, every chat room I'd go into, um, it would be Asian girls being like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, and, and they, the conversation would keep going and keep going and then they would say oh so what what asian are you and i'm like oh <laughs> i guess have, having a pseudonym uh that, with miss yang does <laughs> is a little confusing back in the day first of all there's no profile pictures just so you know there's no profiles per se not really maybe a one-liner with an email address which you, you would mistakenly do because if you, if you were stupid on the internet back then because then you get internet stalkers and people visiting your house um <laughs> So I'm definitely not going to do Miss Miss Kang. Oh, it's going to happen all over again. First of all, I'm married. Okay. <laughs> Second of all, I'm not picking up teenage girls. <laughs> there we go. I'm very proud of our executive producer daughter, showrunner. <laughs> she's, she's our daughter saved The Walking Dead. <laughs> all right, let's move on. But doesn't it seem like so like out of this world to even be like real? Sociopathic, and, yeah. And let me let me let me clarify. This, this is me fucking with Brandon Carol. Is real in terms of the story, like in terms of this thing but like i love this exercise of trying to like like actually just say but what if he isn't what because in in actuality he's a written character right Brandon. and he's meant for something he's meant to illustrate something right but like taking it one step further what if this is all in his head what if this is all in negan's head like that, that's that's think... what i like about this exercise because he's working something out like who am i, I to that... alexandria but right? i think that even if even if we didn't go down that route of that exercise you could say that he worked it out even at the very end where he's like oh see i put myself and he goes i am like and he tries to say i am negan and he beats the shit out of him right. and it's like beats the hell out of him for being like i am negan no you are not that is not who negan. i am that this, is not who negan is like this is carol being all angry with life and energy way. into beating the shit out of him you right. know so i feel like that kind of goes in line with the whole kind of working where, what you're saying like working it out within himself in yeah. that moment when you know he sees like yeah i thought this is proving myself i killed this woman and kid i am no right but you yeah. know what's so important about like that one specific scene and how the wording goes like i am and then he knocks him out yeah. there's something to be said about like th like this is my legacy right like, this is what, it, what yeah, i was i thought i was saving people but this is all the people like of course some specific people remember me a certain way but even on right. the trickle down effect like in terms of legendary like no, this is what it's come to in his mind he wanted to rebuild civilization right. you know like in his mind like this was not to have some kid think like yeah you know like going around murdering people and stealing their stuff and you know like this is yeah this is what the saviors were about you know right so and this and kid was this I, kid was supposed to be like the best case scenario for him like he is a, a a kid of a savior and this is what he remembers yeah like this I mean, is I, how he remembers things i was trying to do the exercise of you could have literally pretended Brandon wasn't real for Negan and, and this is him working something out. Think about it like this way, like this is, this could be seen, and of course it, it doesn't need to play out that way, but what I'm saying is that like, on like a narrative level and it's very close to reality, is that Brandon was supposed to be the best case scenario of how somebody left over from the Savior 
characters besides DJ who got murked and uh and who else and Laura eventually gets murked as well so like what savior is left to remember him by and then now we have Brandon right who unbeknownst to everybody else is like or maybe also maybe people knew about Brandon but he was a weirdo you'd think that somebody would have gotten what he was trying to do like really get why he had to be who he had to be and this kid was supposed to be the best case scenario so if this kid doesn't get it what do the rest of Alexandria think right this was supposed to be my my best case scenario somebody that's on my side and can actually see me for who I am and so and then you see this scene then you realize oh okay now he's going to the whispers Brandon was representing the negative parts of when he ran the sanctuary instead of the positive parts about what he was trying to do right exactly and that's the thing like you'd expect maybe that this kid would have somebody would have gotten it from the saviors that like oh but the reason why we did some things not these things that Brandon's talking about but some things was because we're trying to save people not kill people and be marauders and pirates or something like that or some sort of legendary tale you're raiding walkers what raiding you know? walkers is it just me or did that kid exactly. look like That's a really what I was young thinking. leonard yeah, point this out at the time i remember like oh it was totally hard to even get past that you gotta talk about this shit <gasps> bring it in back <laughs> <laughs> Michelle's Michelle's got right her own oh, another couple again. of pets and rosita she's got a bit of it like this weird kind of uh kingdom armor on actually if you yeah look it's it. weird yeah mm-hmm. with like these kind of buckles on them so mm-hmm. there's a little bit of an update it's probably where she hooks the breast pump <laughs> <laughs> We would not have thought of that. <laughs> I don't. You wouldn't have thought of that, right, right, Chris? That's that's her version of DoorDash. Yeah. <laughs> Feeding on the go. Feeding on the go. On the go. Oh uh, my goodness! So you're the first episode of your fitness podcast. Oh no! <laughs> oh. It's not just for babies. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> it does kind of look it like is, that though. Is. Like it just slots in there anyway. So Yeah. They uh, make they make brassiers in that fashion. That's why it made me think of that. Oh my not, god. Maybe not quite that fashion. No, but like you how you just described where you it slots in, slide yeah. the thing in and yeah. I'm yeah. for for nursing mothers. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, a real thing. More to the Eugene point. Eugene probably designed it, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. This. So he could slide his hand in there? Anyway, so <laughs> I was oh, thinking God. I was thinking though this this outfit kind of looks like what King Top would be. It's like a little bit of the hilltop mm. blacksmithing mm. and some of the K- kingdom's stupid bike padding or whatever. Armor. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Anybody else? And that's the grave marker that he pops out of. Oh, here we go. <gasps> so there you are. You, <gasps> you are right. <laughs> Can we just watch this like for like? Can we watch it for real in real time for a minute? Okay. Ah! But you're gonna miss it though. Here's that's how quick it is. Though. I know. Do you see that? I know that's what it. I'm looking for now. <laughs> oh that's it. That's that was that. <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna make a super cut of all these reactions. Yeah, and, and I did. Now, at what point what? is it gonna be too much for Beta to keep following out? Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what you heard doing. that, right? Yeah. yeah, like at what point you heard him say that. Is it gonna be too much? Is it for too much to for Beta to follow Alpha? He's gonna join our team. Oh my god. I'm so excited. Oh my god. That was so f- I can't, I'm so glad I made this clip. That's literally the best. Rachel's reaction to Beta is the best. 
It's the fucking bomb. It's the bomb diggity. Because I listened to the whole video and I was like, I need to get all all the various reactions of Rachel and just just throw it all in there at once. But in between the breast pump clip, so we had we had to have some genuine, you know, <laughs> some genuine analysis on something, but something that was kind of funny too. Oh my god. Yeah. Not funny it's hilarious it's so genuine the way she reacts oh my god yeah thank god right people like that you know you got you just gotta let him go you know you gotta let the the furby just do his thing you know and it's like it's like magic it's like symphony a symphony of squeals <laughs> kudos to again and we're gonna bring her up again is eliza underscore jones 86 who dressed up as mm-hmm. sydney from screen yes yeah. Like she's yes. the only one who got it, who who capitalized on the Matthew Lillard appearance. Yeah. So, yes. And me, obviously, because of the stupid shirt. With the stab cat. <laughs> stab cat shirt and stickers. Stop. I should have given them out that night too. I didn't think of that. Mm, then, again, I, then again, we should put our logo on it somewhere somehow. I don't even know where that would be possible. We should have had a contest to see how many stickers we can put on people without them noticing. <laughs> <laughs> I would have won that game. I would have loved, I would have surrendered because I would love to just watch that. Uh, I would take video of that. I mean, speaking of funny things people were doing, uh, the la- I think it was the last day, maybe it was the Saturday, but uh, Aaron, um, was it uh, Nightmare on Elm with the three and the Elm? He, uh, he had oh, these, yeah. this big pouch of little tiny f- baby figurines. That he was putting everywhere in the con, like other people's tables. He left one at, at the uh, the street paws donation near the mouth, and I, I moved it to like where the stuff and thanks uh, sign was. But like I people, I would see every now and again, uh, last several days, like pictures of of, of people being like, "What the fuck is this?" One of one of them had they were like all in like a little conga line, like surrounding what, like a button or something like that. It was like, "What is going on?" That's here. awesome. Uh, and I was like, "That's awesome." And I was like, "I was like, literally, I kept tagging him. It's like, this is your work, isn't it? It's just cool. That's awesome. That is hilarious. Who would have thought of that? Just to give him a shout out, Nightmare on Elm was actually on the last episode that where we did the teaser breakdowns. We invited just everybody. It was, it was. I think that was Thanksgiving. No, it was like the the Friday after Thanksgiving. Yeah, we just invited everybody on to see who would show up, and some a lot of people did. Yeah. Um, most most of them in the chat, obviously not like on camera. We, we we didn't get this sophisticated until later on. We, we weren't we, we were like keeping people at the gates. We're like no no no. You, you you can be at the door and listen in, but you you can't come in. Not like you guys. <laughs> no, no, no 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 no. What's the password? No, the passwords. You're not a host. Okay. okay no. Anyway, but it did make for a funny funny episode. I came to see you guys at Walker Stalker, and you guys gave me all kinds of uh, buttons and stickers and pins and magnets. Oh, that's and awesome. And I sent a bunch of them to Robbie. Yeah, I'm glad you took. Yeah, I. Just, it's just for people to take you know it's like that was the funniest thing about the con i mentioned it i think it was in this episode it was like like people would pass by and just run away i'm like i should have had a big sign that said this shit's free <laughs> you know, i'm not selling anything it's free please take it i don't want to take it home like i literally i would start yelling at people but not like maliciously i'd be like hey hey this shit's free hey get, come on, get over here no it's, come over it's free hey fuck yourself and i literally said that to one person but like when but when they were far away it was when they far when they couldn't hear me that's time to have a big sign it's free it's free idiot because <laughs> <laughs> you imagine like the person like seeing that sign be like it's free idiot like, what, what, 
would they do? Would they go? Now that sign isn't quite because I'm in Georgia now, right? It's like now that sign isn't quite nice, is it? What sign? And then the and then the idiot goes away. Like, oh, you mean the free sign? He's like, no, I saw free idiot. Where did the idiot go? I don't know. Where did it go? <laughs> Good segue. You know what's funny about what you said before about that Waffle House is that my first Waffle House I was do live in Michigan. <laughs> I'm That's like, funny. I'm just thinking about it now. Yeah. My husband's saying no, not anymore. Oh, that could be. That was like 1999, maybe. It's a legendary <laughs> story. And it was in October. And it was a spooky, scary night. A misty night, in fact. <laughs> a, a, a bunch of me and college kids were out on the road. And we uh, were just minding our business in a 1982 Toyota Corolla, which we called the Gripper. Um, for good reason, because we had flown over on the highway that night a overturned cow oh. and we used its back as a ramp and as we pulled the gleaming guts from out underneath the car we were happy to be alive and we stopped by a waffle house and had breakfast going oh my god we're going to hell <laughs> what the heck that's my story I don't even know what about to, a waffle house i don't even know what to say about that either <laughs> I, we, some of us oh. had religious experiences. Some of us renounced God. <laughs> it was a mess, literally too. Yeah, yeah. oh, right, yeah. gross. We were, we were pulling barbecue out for the for the next month. Gross. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, disgusting. Dude. True story. Absolutely true. My yeah. thoughts and prayers go to the cow. <laughs> oh no, I think we're. I'm 100 percent convinced that that cow is already dead. <laughs> Good. Good. You, but here's the, here's the story behind that story is that my fucking idiot friend for a guy that inherited not inherited but like got this got this car from this old lady in his neighborhood in Reno in was it Reno no not Reno um Carson City Nevada you know this thing was driven like maybe ten thousand miles but literally like as they say from here from home to church you know that's uh, that's all she used the car for um and then eventually it got passed down to him somehow through like uh, they, they paid like a thousand or two thousand dollars for it and like you know. You know, I mean, he took care of it the best way an 18 year old kid, you know, or sorry, 16 to 18 year old kid knew, you know, and, and he did a pretty good job, obviously. But like the one thing he didn't do was I know he installed replacement headlamps. Right. But we discovered later on that the headlamps were like basically pointing down, you know, like three feet in front of the car. And so when we were driving that night and, and it was kind of misty, kind of weird. Uh, and it wasn't it was a night in it was I can tell you the date. It's October 3rd because it was that legendary. We used to celebrate every year. I'm not friends with them anymore. And and like, I remember one of them was even like, so it, it was like, it's weird because one of them was like about, I don't know, 45 degree angle, but the other one was like at a, like a 10 degree angle, like, oh, sorry, almost 90 degrees, like 80 degree angle. So like one was like really far down and the other one was like, eh, kind of not, but not really level. And so it explained everything. And so when we, we'd seen it just at the last second, I let out a scream. My friend in the back yelled out a yelp. It was like, it was like a, like a, uh, typically what you would hear from a horror movie like um like in um the Bates Hotel Psycho it was like ah! like that and the other friend in the back was just shaking she was shaking to himself and just going <laughs> for like a solid like all the way until we got to the waffle house where we're like pulling gleaming guts like fresh guts from out underneath and he was just like i didn't like this i don't like that i'm like i'm like saying oh my god what does this all mean what does this all mean and my friend's going i think i found god i think i found god and then we all just chilled out had some coffee and it was, you have to keep in mind it's like at 3 a.m didn't we leave it like i felt like we left 
left at nine thirty. Maybe was it early? I think it was close. I want to say closer to ten. Yeah. Yeah. Why did we leave early? Because we were tired. <laughs> we all we're had old. morning flights. Well, actually, you and me had the yeah. morning flight. Yeah. I had been up since two thirty at that point. Oh, like wow. I was almost up for twenty four hours. I was yeah. ready to go to sleep. Yeah, you and me both. I, I had. I, I really had didn't sleep. Atlanta almost. Mm. Oh yeah. Uh and then we stopped by a Waffle House. We did. <laughs> yes, the quest we did. for the Waffle House. My first Waffle House, by the way. Really? Yeah. I, I said the same reaction as You did <laughs> when I when we were there. <laughs> yeah. I mean the I guess it's just... very creepy though with the chairs. Oh yeah. We went to this first one and That's as we sorry. pulled into the lot, like there there was just chairs blocking the, the ramp. <laughs> there was chairs block- yeah, it was real sketch. Like there's it no sign. Up. There was no sign. And so we're like Mm-mm. backing away slowly. Yeah. <laughs> like we're not, this is not at 1030 at night. Like, old people. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, this is a bad neighborhood with all these chairs. <laughs> God, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like nobody's in there, but the lights are on. So that's really creepy. Yes, that um, was extra creepy. The lights were on. Like they yeah. looked open. No cars. And so we're like, okay, goodbye. Yeah, no, that's weird. Yeah. Then we did oh. find an open one. <laughs> then we did find an open one. End of story. <laughs> <laughs> That was really creepy, though. I didn't think Waffle House was ever closed, not even after a hurricane. That's what I was saying. I was like, I've never, first of all, I never heard of like a Denny's or a Waffle House or an IHOP being closed, period. And so, but like, but the way they announced that they were closed or didn't announce, they just put chairs on the ramp to get get into the parking lot. And we're just like, and we, I I got out because again, like you, I was like, no, right? And this wasn't a, this wasn't like Christmas time. This wasn't like, you know, like maybe, you know, or Black Friday or something like that. And even then they would probably be open. This is like a random, like, I don't know, it was like 10, like 10 o'clock at night. You know, we, we were like leaving early from Camp Merrimack and we're just like, what the, Let's, I'm so fucking hungry. Maybe that was the Waffle House version of outside dining. <laughs> <laughs> It's like they knew. They knew it was coming. It's like, oh, this is the pilot. And then nobody's inside. Obviously, it's a lockdown. <laughs> In the future, we want to start, you know, randomly bringing people on the show and then kicking them off mercilessly. Uh, <laughs> like, if you say something obscure, I'll be like, hold, hold on a second. Rachel, hold on. Carol, let me bring them on the show because they paid for it. And <laughs> help support the show. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, then, then you pop up on the screen, you know, with your headphones and microphone ready, and then you get to talk to us. And then obviously we'll snip it out if you keep fucking up. up. Why is your mic working, huh? Why the f- is your mic not working, huh? Cut! <laughs> You're off the show! Adventures in production. Right, but, and keep paying us money, everyone. <laughs> so, this is how we treat you. Um, no more, no less. I think you chose that clip for me. <laughs> no, we, we chose this. We chose this clip. The you know, this is one of those clips that we had already in the bag. So obviously, it's going up on the board. But like now, it's coming back to haunt us. <laughs> it's like charity. What's your fucking mic? Uh huh. <laughs> Jinx, you jinxed yourself. <laughs> Let me give you the context. We were talking about what coffee would end up being like. And literally, we have in Riverside, where, the way we're recording right now, Riverside.fm, the ability for people to hop on, you know, like the, the ability for people to ask questions in real time, you know, like not just in the chat, but like, oh, let's bring on Charity. And then like, we bring you on, you pop on and you, say, and you talk about like, hey guys, I think what you said is bullshit. <laughs> Something like that. So that's what we were thinking of at the time. We never really implemented it really properly. Of course, we had Aaron on but see the thing is we filmed all this before we had the teasers so like we filmed this whole walker stalker talk because it was like three or it's like four hours or five hours or something like and we split it up into two or three episodes three episodes 
to kind of have a decent pacing. So we dropped them later um, after the teaser episode because it was just hectic. It's kind of like what's going on now. We're, we're recording this in five parts. <laughs> and this is probably going to come out after we cover the mm-hmm. episodes. I mean, at this rate. I mean, depending on how big of a fucking monster I am at editing after not doing it for forever. Um, yeah, episode 100 is probably going to come out after episode one, episode 101 and 102, maybe, covering The Walking Dead and, and Walking Dead World Beyond. And this is just me, like, kind of being like, uh, you know, oh, of course, you know, you know, just because you give us money doesn't mean we're, we're not going to call you fucking idiots or dickheads or something. Like, whatever. <laughs> Go fuck and meanwhile, you guys are right here being like, is he like that in real life? Is that the rage that's inside of him? <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's funny if you think about it. I met you with a few rapid-fire <laughs> questions. Off the top of your head, first instinct. Negan or Beta? Beta, because he's what scary son of a bitch. Daryl or Aaron? I like Aaron. I, most everybody gonna go Daryl. I like Aaron. If you're in an apocalypse, do you want to be around somebody who just always brooding and running off into the tree with his dog, not hanging around with everybody? I mean, you could trust Daryl, but dude, Aaron is always looking on the bright side, and you know he got a cool wooden arm. Aaron, come on. Carol or Alpha? Carol. She bakes cookies. Gloves or mittens? I would put on some gloves and slap any man who's wearing mittens. Sanctuary or Woodbury? I'm a former savior. I lived in a sanctuary. Come on, I I'm away from home. That was our interview with Jimmy McAfee, a uh, background actor for The Walking Dead, who uh, was featured in some production photos too. So we were like, let's just do this. Rachel set up the connections and I said, take it, just take it and run, and then I'll edit it later and we'll make it look kind of cool, like like it's an actual live interview, but it wasn't. There's a link to the whole interview in the clip. We had like an, a couple of other Walking Dead background actors uh, in that style that we wanted to do that interview with, but there. But see, that's the thing. Like when you start getting big bigger ideas like actually doing an interview which i mean i like this because it's it's okay let's just send the questions in advance have them answer it at their leisure you know without without having it back and forth and it just makes a smaller video deep cut i mean it's not the same as having that sit down but like at the same time you know for us it's great because we can churn out like a faster video that gets to the point isn't belabored given the state of things today it's hard to have a sit down interview like i mean our sit down interviews are over zoom or riverside or whatever it's going to be but like i'm basically going the long way of saying you know how our episodes are really long that's how we'd be doing with them <laughs> like and like first of all i don't want to take up all their time because like look i have a feeling and we've done this before with certain interviews um when we had kirsten akuna that episode was ginormously long and then it when we cut it down it we cut it down to about two plus hours you know but that episode was like three plus hours and it's just like ah you know when we get rolling sometimes it's hard to stop so like doing this kind of interview which we by the way we openly bit yes. um as we premiered it we openly admitted that we we bit this off of nikki richter who is at rick stuff on instagram we're like he did the same thing with lindsley register and so we're like oh we got to do something like that obviously he has his own style he's kind of weird but he's so great and we are, we're actually on that video or uh, a comment that he left on his youtube uh asking oh what would you like to ask lindsley register and so he actually put the clip of the of our comment in the video of us asking the question it was kind of cute do you have any advice for people who like would like to get into the industry in different ways i mean we know there are some of us that are like architects by trade that love set design there are some of us that are cosmetologists that do a lot of makeup work what advice would you give them well listen the movie business is it's unlike any other industry yeah it's very illogical yeah because you basically build something and then you use it for three days and then you rip it down and you build something else so the skill set is very different. Like somebody who has an architect that designs buildings wouldn't necessarily design or 
build something the same way you would build it for a movie. Right. Because for a movie, like like the Barrington House at Hilltop, yeah. there's no interior. Like the interior of that is built on a sound stage. Right. So you shoot the exterior of them walking up and they go through the door and then you cut and then the crew moves to the sound stage and then they walk in the door. Yeah. So it's built it's built very differently. Yeah. So the transition is is it's a challenging one because of the fact that like the makeup that you do in film isn't necessarily the same as the makeup that you do every day. Yeah. So that transition, I don't know how to advise anyone to make that transition because it's really just one of those things that you, that you it's a, it's a learned scenario yeah you, know? you learn as you go and you just have you do and i like i like that i put the thought bubbles on on mm -hmm. uh carol and cosmo and um rachel like oh let's say if you're an architect or a cosmetologist <laughs> okay like me and rachel <laughs> i learned a lot from that like that just that one nugget like because we kept egging carol on like i kept egging carol on offline about dude you should just why don't why don't you join the show and then like now nicotera's like and eh, you know your skill is overkill <laughs> Your, your skill is too much for the show. We'd rather bring on jerks, you know, pay them adequately, right? But bring on jerks that learn how to do this, learn how to fab a couch or fab a, a wall or something like that, you know? I like the point he made that you're, you learn as you go. It's not something you're going to come equipped with. You're not going to know everything when you get there. It's something that you're going to learn as you go. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. That's important yeah, if you're for curious people about working in set design or makeup or... But I think makeup, there does need to be a certain skill level. You need to be skilled in the art of scare actor makeup, that kind of thing. Like, how what pops, what doesn't, what looks realistic, what doesn't. What to put on someone's face, you know, in a safety, in a safe manner. Like, my sister, my sister actually is the same way she went to a like legit school to do all sorts of different kinds of makeup she didn't get into the horror makeup but she did get into like you know doing makeup for costumes you know so like you you, you can apply certain shades certain certain foundations that look different into that you would typically do like for like a an event like a wedding or something like that mm -hmm. um photo shoot makeup is definitely is also different you know things like that so when she would come back from this like one shoot saying oh yeah i literally made these this couple look like a comic uh like a, a film strip like from comics and like oh with the little dots with the shading and stuff like that you know it's that was a really cool thing that she did she she could do that because of the skill but like some other things like fab like i used to work in props houses like as it for prop houses and you get like the inner workings of how you know all this stuff is made and it's made like to it's made to break you know it's made not to last you know which is really cool like to know but then you realize that like okay it's it's all about speed and you know making it look like it it's real and and hefty and weird but like, you know, but, you know, getting it all together in a day, you know, and it's fascinating. Reality is way less badass. I was, I was trying to deep it an avocado in my hand, just like this, you know, in the way a man really does it, a real man, right? They stick the knife in and twist it around to pull it out, right? No? Okay, just me. But when it's been in the, when half of an avocado has been in the fridge for a little while, it already kind of loosens up. So I went overkill and I just went right through the avocado. <laughs> it just went slippity slip and right into my palm, like right, right here, right where you could get nerve damage. <laughs> Ow. Yeah, I literally. 
I literally stabbed myself. Thank God it wasn't like one of those actual cutting knives. It was like a little, it's like a little tiny paring knife it was like to cut like fruit or like. Or to Still. Like, yeah. It was like, it was like, it was like uh, maybe an inch deep in, into my, into my hand. There's a lot of blood. I probably should have gotten stitches. I think. Ow. And I forget which hand it is. <laughs> this is how stupid I am. I got my hand stuck in a dog fight a few years ago and I had to get stitches. Um, oh, between like what your dog and somebody else's dog? I too. I had, we had taken in a, um, a dog that needed a home <laughs> sweet, but she tried to be the alpha, uh, the alpha <laughs> and, um, our actual alpha dog did not like that. So they got into fights several times and, um, we eventually had to rehome her, but she, uh-huh. to- she tore my hands up a couple of times and she got Dennis a couple of times, but I had to get stitched the first time I got stitches, but the stitches were worse than the dog bite. So the next time I didn't, I, I almost caught myself in this same situation, but it was, I was walking my dog when he was, was like six months old and this other dog came and started trying to pick a fight with my dog. And I got so terrified and, you know, defensive that, uh, when the dog went to bite my dog, I put my hand between my dog and the dog, and the dog beat me. Meanwhile, your your dog probably would have been able to handle it just fine. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, no, he's a German Shepherd. He was, yeah, exactly. He was already huge, but I'm thinking he's a baby. I have to protect him. And and then my my mom was like, "What the hell? Why did you do that?" I'm like. <laughs> Uh, there, there, you know, there's free healthcare for people, but not for dogs. Uh, she's yeah, like, no. she's like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Okay. And it's terrifying when it's happening. You don't think about, oh, I don't, I shouldn't get in there. I mean, all you see is dogs fighting and your dog getting hurt. So the first thing you think about is getting your hands in there. You don't think about, yeah. uh, what happens That's when you point. do that. I mean, like, even I've, I mean, I've even been like little scraps. Like, I remember when I was a kid, I'm like, I'm going to say like second, third, third, third or fourth grade, my friend warned me. He warned me. And listen, I, 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 I had pretty good experiences with dogs so far, but he warned me. He's like, dude, my dog does not like strangers. <laughs> like, he's practically telling me, like, you know, we don't really do a good job, you know, training it. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, you know, I'm like, I'm like seven years old or whatever. I was like, ah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but little did I know, I get to the driveway. I'm at the end of the driveway. This dog is on a rope, <laughs> like not a leash. He's on a rope. And and um, he has just enough slack to reach me. And he gets me. Even though he's like... <laughs> he, he gets me, grabs my foot, and then drags my seven-year-old seven year ass body up the driveway. And they're all, like, clamoring to just hit this. Because, uh, again, not properly trained. Like, my... It's so fucking funny when I'm thinking about it in the rear view. Because I remember when I, when I moved to New... This is New Jersey. When I moved to New York, every year... My, <laughs> My cousins who still lived in Wayne, in Wayne, New Jersey, they would tell me like, uh, oh yeah, Mark, Mark went to jail for this. Mark is the friend. <laughs> and, oh, and his brother was picked up for on drugs. And I'm like, oh my God, everything's starting to make more sense. Like... It explains why all all the my other friends' mothers didn't want me to hang out want, want the kids their kids to hang out with this with this family anybody from this family never underestimate the p- power of really good advice it's a niche like it fills that hole that everybody has that geek hole mm-hmm. I know how I said that it was here and then it flew out of here fill your geek hole fill your geek hole right the, hey you have a tagline now. No, no, I Meg the geek. Fill your geek hole. <laughs> no, that is wrong. Or, or no, or I'm gonna fill your geek hole. Yeah. I think that's the name of Meg. Nice. <laughs>
<laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's like secret code. Go fuck yourself in your geek hole. Oh, <laughs> your geek hole. With, with your right eucalyptus geek hole. And shove some vapor rub in there, you smelly asshole. <laughs> Especially when Meg just goes, "Oh, just put vapor rub in your in your geek hole." In your geek hole. <laughs> I almost <laughs> fell over when you said that too. I fell I almost fell backwards. <laughs> I slumped down in my chair at the last second. <laughs> All the good times we had with Mag the Geek in her geek hole. Or, you know, other people's geek holes with which she would fill something in their geek oh, hole. All I could think was title of your sex date. The context of that comment was like we were talking about sex in the apocalypse. Like, how would that go down? It's one thing if you smell people on the reg and you're like, you don't smell how bad people smell, right? But then you start taking off layers. And there's like layers of stank, you know, to a person when they haven't showered for a long time. Yeah, it can get stinky down there if you don't take care of it. So like, that's in in the zombie apocalypse, it'd be like 10 times worse. And so we're like thinking, oh, right, obviously vapor rub, right? Like just, just, just vapor rub the Ow. general stank parts, and you'd be like, oh, it's fine now. It's great. Put it in your geek hole. <laughs> hey guys. Okay, so really quickly before we continue, um, Sharony's the phone that Sharony was using, Dennis's phone, um, took a crap, and it was hard for her to get back on, and she needed to get off anyway because she has a long day at work tomorrow and her new job. So what I wanted to say was thank you, Sharony, for joining us for this part, the, getting us this far into the recording nisa and i are going to tackle the the remaining 20 clips um on our own poor us as we're reviewing the clips we were a little bit scattershot and scatterbrained the order in the uh the playlist for the clips is kind of was funky we will handle the remaining clips sharon good luck tomorrow thank you so much bye Come find me. Well, Lana, you're still here, right? Yep. Yep, buddy. I'm still here. I'm still here. Waiting for you to put this fucking show on the road. We're doing a little backtrack um, because the, the playlist wasn't exactly in the right order, but the show must go on. We're going to blaze right through these. Just just Nisa and I and Walani in the chat. Thank you very much. Off what we were saying before, though, he's upset with Rosita, yep. like with with being stood up by a date, <laughs> and like, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna swipe left and right on this Tinder app," and like, <laughs> right? And he's just looking out there. He's swiping left, 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 like, cause like, eh, not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. Like, at some point, he's just like, just doing this thing. Like, he just keeps swiping left. <laughs> And like eventually he sneezes and swipes right and like somebody actually responds and, and that look on his face is like oh shit I didn't expect to hear from somebody <laughs> like, you know yeah I think he was just trying to cool down just it trying worked. to like you know but like I don't think he expected it to and I think that look on his face is that I wanted to point that out because it just looked like wow. I'm so upset I'm like so alone and I don't expect to hear from somebody but let's just do this exercise and like is anybody out there is anybody out there you know like I'm talking to myself I need this exercise and I, I I was fully expecting him to masturbate and go to sleep alone again. <laughs> yeah, I said it. Oh my it. gosh. <laughs> That's what people do in the apocalypse, people. They don't have sex anymore. They just, yep, masturbate and go to bed. Yeah. You're welcome. Sorry. That just ruined the zombie apocalypse for you. Done. Yep. It's just really boring and depressing most of the time. <laughs> Uh, you're catching the highlights. <laughs> it's the show, the stuff in between. When, they, when yeah. they cut to the next scene, it's masturbate time. <laughs> oh my god! Which we'll call Miller time. Anyway, so done. Miller time. With the frosty. Yeah. So pretty accurate. What is wrong with me? 
I mean, what else are we gonna do? We keep it real on Squawking Dead, you know? This is this is just how it goes. There's no TV. There's, there's no there's TV. No there's, All you got is there's no shows. Yeah, you just got your genitals and you know, okay, a book. <laughs> Maybe uh, the same books. book over and over again, like because where are the books, right? God. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, a you don't have literally anything else to do. What else are you gonna do? Exactly. You gotta you gotta diddle the piddle. I think we can keep this chain move. Oh God, is setting the double capper down. Mm -hmm. You know, taking full inventory of his scars, sitting down on the thing, looking at the double capper, and going, "What the fuck do I do?" Like mm -hmm. I know I recognize full well that he cares for her, hundred percent. That's not in question at all but at what point does he have to finally go against her against what she's saying because you can only you know goodwill runs out it does run out and at some point she's going to hurt somebody and, oh yeah i mean there, saying. you're saying you're saying at what point is he gonna finally say something and like intervene you don't mean like no 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 and he like, is saying things crazy no he's, he is but he's, he's literally he, saying things he couldn't he he could amp it up a little like right now he's just sort of like are you sure are we hey. no, no he's he, he's, he he's amp it up a little bit more i guess i i guess maybe i misunderstood what you were saying you're not talking about like cutting ties with a friend because they're because they're making bad choices like I am... you're, you're saying finally step up and like say something like it's like that meme with the dog in oh the God, room where it's on fire and he goes this is fine you know like that's literally <laughs> yeah. what could happen what could happen yeah. i'm not saying we're we're kind of there now like because she like right now you're talking about kidnapping you're talking about yeah. under daryl's like specific like hey don't do this she's damaged goods you should know better i'm also damaged goods we're a reflection of each other lydia and i you mm -hmm. know you don't want to do this to somebody who's been abused and then because then you you turn into the abuser and who was the abuser in the alpha lydia situation alpha was, was alpha the mother figure you turn your turn you could be seen you could be seen just as bad as as alpha if you keep doing this and literally blows past steals her anyway and i'm saying like maybe that's not a reason to give up on her i'm not saying that just yet but i'm saying like how many times does that have to happen for him to give up on her that's no I, I no i think i get what you're saying but for me i'm not saying not yet i'm saying not yet yeah. but but if she if she keeps doing this and like and he's she's just like to daryl's like objections it's like well well when do you cut when do you cut her off i would i would get to the point where i would take carol and probably put her in the cell and and lock her up and say like morgan you need a time out for your own good <laughs> okay and she gets out and does the same thing again i don't think you're gonna kill get her gonna <laughs> i'm just out? saying like just you don't you know you gotta cut her off like from your life well what does that mean like kick her out of the community what do you mean by cut her off like well, there's more to it <laughs> no no you're right you're right i guess what it what i guess if you're putting that much thing i guess keep her in the cell for ever i mean if you're putting well till yeah till she's cooled cooled up like you need well, a time out girl <laughs> right well i'm i'm even thinking like okay if she gets someone killed as a mm -hmm. result of her actions like like what if lydia dies right now mm -hmm. she's responsible yeah. for that mm -hmm. like i know that lydia just popped her in the face <laughs> And Aaron saw it, <laughs> but like at the same time, Aaron doesn't know the context, and right. I'm not even sure Carol will even explain it. Like, or oh, literally, yeah, literally, this woman kidnapped me and is was going to use me as bait for my own mother. You know, like <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs>
<laughs> like we're not necessarily even disagreeing. It's just a matter of degree and time. That's that's all it really is. Like, do yeah. you or do you not? And when do you stop? For okay. the benefit of your friend. For you the benefit of that, your community and you for you and for, and for your mental health too. Like, okay, yeah. how how? Because he's looking at the double capper not because I mean not because he doesn't love her. He does, but he's really disappointed. Mm -hmm. Like this is how he's willing to treat this girl who lost somebody that she loved, who who left her family because she was being abused. Yeah, and then you're gonna use her as a pawn. Wow. I actually edited that clip down a little bit because we kind of rake over the coals a little bit, rake the point over the coals. I included this clip because this is like one of those seminal debates of, first of all, that most people were having, you know, in some degrees, not so great arguments that were made, but like, I thought my argument was a really good faith argument. And I was being fair, like, look, this is somebody that Daryl loves, but I don't know about you, Nisa, but like, or you, Alani, but I've been in situations where in some senses, when somebody you love does something bad to you and they don't know, and you keep trying to tell them, hey, that thing you did hurt me, and then they keep doing it over and over again, at what point do you just have to walk away? That's a different form of abuse. They don't know it, but you point it out, you know, sometimes you have to point it out three or four times, and then like at some point you're just like, you're like somebody who has a, a mental disorder, you know, and you can't blame them, but you also don't have to stick around to take more of it. I can easily see somebody arguing against that, like, okay, you don't give up an on anybody no matter what, but I, and you know, Rachel really fought tooth and nail, and I'm like, yeah, and Lonnie's saying enabling. Yeah, I mean, it's enabling them to continue to hurt you, even if it, even if it's unintentionally. That's that's the thing, and so it's on you, like their ignorance or willful or otherwise. And see, this thing, I'm not saying she's doing this on purpose, even though it, there was a purpose. I don't think this figured into her plans. Like she probably thought Daryl would be on board, and she and he was until like she had to lie and continue to lie to to proceed with this plan. I've been in you know situations like that in my life like when I, I have someone I love that you know they would do or say something that would really really hurt me and they absolutely did not mean to hurt me right like and I'm like okay you know what you, what you just said here that hurts me because of this this and that and you know that's someone who loves me and does not mean to hurt me but I can just go and say okay you know it, it hurts me but I've also been in an abusive relationship when this person he would hurt me and he knew he was hurting me and he meant right to hurt me right and i didn't know that he meant to hurt me and most of the times i wouldn't say anything so it feels like you're enabling the person because you're not saying anything but you know that's that's being in an abusive relationship you know yeah Milani's agreeing too uh, it, yeah it's almost like it, it makes you feel like you're enabling the person by not saying anything but the person actually means to hurt to hurt you and when you finally speak up and you're like okay you know you need to stop this you're hurting me that person just ignores you and they keep hurting you yeah and then you realize oh okay so you, you don't really care about me in some ways the the prescription is the same i mean you have the option of you know if you're gracious enough to react in a measured calm manner even though you're right you're entitled to your anger and your feelings even if that person is doing it unintentionally at some point when you keep telling them this is hurting me this is or this is 
hurting the people around you. At some point, you, you literally have to use the same prescription. You cut the means of them hurting you off. So maybe you don't walk away, but you tell them, hey, we're taking a break. Or yeah. you and the rest of the community are taking a break, you know, by me putting in a exactly. cell or something like that. And then we'll see what happens. Just so other people know, you know, I've been, I've been in abusive relationships. I have been in physically abusive relationships, you know, where I'm the one being hit. I'm the one being spit on. I'm the one being talked down to. I've had punches to the face where, you know, where I've, my glasses are broken. That's how badly I was punched in the face. I've had it all. And I, without elaborating further, but all that being said, I've been the one, I've been the Carol. This is the reason why I was fighting, not fighting. I mean, I was arguing with Rachel on this because I've been on the other side of that. I've been the Carol. I've been in a, in a sense, not for a higher purpose, obviously, but I've been the person who unintentionally harms somebody else. Meaning, you know, through my own ignorance, I, I unintentionally hurt this person and I would do things that would violate a trust or you know, unintentionally, like completely, this is just yeah. it's my personality. Like I'm, I, back then I was way more grandiose than even I am now, if you can even believe it. Like I was more out, I was even more outgoing, like my shit didn't stink kind of thing. And I've had the other person have to cut me off. Well, I've been in another scenario where somebody else had to cut me off because um, they were enabling, enabling certain non-favorable characteristics of mine at the time, meaning I would use them to vent, but that's all our friendship amounted to. I would call this person up to vent and we wouldn't talk about anything else. Yeah, and I'm yeah. very super conscious of those relationships now, but um, because of that, you know, it's like it's like the, the, the thing you hate in others is the, is the thing you hate in you kind of thing, which comes up, yeah. which has come up on the podcast a lot. But just to just to kind of cap this, this whole thing up, I've been cut off when this sort of thing happens, but I've also had to, like, realizing that I've hurt the other person too many times, I've had to be the one to go, listen, I can't keep doing this to you. You deserve better. And, you know, you don't need to be going through this you could be happier with somebody else like i've had to do that a couple times because you know that that's that's the point and that's really the point of this clip is that sometimes you know, somebody has to be the one to step in and say we love each other we care about each other a lot we want the best for each other but at some point just have to walk away and walani's saying this carol says don't hate me and daryl says i could never hate you but it's because of daryl's background and carol's background that they don't cut each other off yeah exactly it's it's like that double-edged sword where like where are we going to find people like us and so let's give credit to the kind of world that they're in they're in this zombie apocalypse where people are in short supply and especially people like them that could know each other's damage right and so they're in a unique position to like not give up on each other but at the same time or not each other but like one person gives up on the other i'm glad we included this clip i want people to listen to disagreement both rachel and i disagreeing you know because there'll be people that agree with rachel's point never give up on anybody like you know the 21 and under crowd right and then and then, there's, and then there's like the you know 65 and they're like are you kidding me just shut that shit down come on are you kidding me yeah, yeah. hadith 32 muhammad said none of you should wish for death because of a calamity befalling I love him. this but if he has to wish for death he should say oh allah keep me alive as long as life is better for me and let me die if death is better for me this is a very contentious quote in islam now this quote is actually referencing a lot when people talk about can i kill myself in order to escape a calamity hmm. and, and so what i have to tell you guys is is what gabriel is trying to tell everybody is what everybody is trying to tell everybody else in the community is that sadiq killed himself and i 
that's huge. Wow, that, that's really deep. When I ran over this quote, my head just exploded. And note one thing is that nobody out loud says this, but that's what they have to tell them. Because what do they tell them about Dante? Are they going to tell them about Dante, how he was a traitor? No, because that would, that would make everybody even more frightened. Silence the whispers. Let's get everybody on the inside. Everyone is already in panic. And if you tell them about Dante being a traitor, he's been with us all along. He's a doctor. He treated your kids. And yeah, he's a whisperer and a traitor. And he killed Titi. Yeah, that, that, that's not helpful. Right. And let me ask you another question. Do you think they should have made that more clear? Or do you think they, they just used the right amount of like, okay, we're going to imply it if you paying attention? I think they did it on the exact right amount. I think so too, but only in as much as it's like a TV show and you can't blame them for going one way or the other. Like you could say it out loud, but I think it would, I I hate using the word trigger because now it has negative connotations, but like, I think, I think it is kind of triggering to people who are sensitive to suicidal thoughts, that sort of thing. And so maybe, maybe it would have been a bad play to make it, to say it out loud, but to use the Hadith method and then burning, burning Dante's body, Rosita and Gabriel, that was a badass scene. That was enough to kind of imply, oh, we need to burn evidence that Dante was ever even here. And then this Hadith line about suicide for Sadiq. When I was saying what scene, I'm like, okay, so the scene where they're burying Sadiq, Gabriel says this line in, in the Hadith. It's one of the supplemental books of the of the Quran. The the line itself, when we played that, I, I, I when I said it out loud on the show, um, the whole purpose was to actually illustrate the contention that this line is about, like this argument in the Hadith about, like, can somebody is kill themselves to escape certain death or certain torture? And so what that implies on the show is that, oh, they're telling everybody that Sadiq killed himself. And then pair that with Rosita and Gabriel burning Dante's body so that, you know, there's no evidence of him ever existing or like meaning maybe he left. And the thing is, the reason why you're even asking that is because, wait, when did they say that he committed suicide? They didn't, not implicitly. But with this hadith and the burning of the body, yeah, that's that's why this is the clip. This was like one of those moments. What? Wow. What? Wow. And what a way to do it, too. And even when Alpha comes to get her the first time, he says something like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. <laughs> Wait, what was that? <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome is what Wait, it was. repeat what you said? <laughs> I, I mean, it was Daryl speak, right? Or, <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was that grumpy voice. <laughs> How no, is your grumpy voice adorable? No, I need to re-edit that into the episode. <laughs> Say that again. Well, that is Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what did you say, Ashley? What the... <laughs> What did you say? I I know that it's Daryl speak, but like, okay, whatever. That's just a funny little thing on the show. A lot of these Darylisms. You know, has like jocks do that flinch thing, like, huh. like they get in your face a little bit with their face. Go, huh. Daryl has Daryl has a version of that, like with like especially with Bob. You remember that that face off with Bob about his drinking and going for the bottle when other people were dying. That's that's one clear example of a Darylism. Like, what? You're gonna get over? You want to drink? Oh, drink yourself to death. Go fuck yourself. Okay, anyway, I have no diet. <laughs> 
this show <laughs> basically is going to be their first exposure to the apocalypse, right? Technically, yes. Okay. And we're going to believe that they all make it through an entire series and no one dies. Who knows? That's the thing. They're absolutely different from any kids that we've ever met in the apocalypse. Do you know why? They have knowledge from the CRM group. They get taught it in school. They, they have all this front-loaded okay. knowledge, right? But like they they've never been out there. Exactly. Okay. All right, all right. So, so it's you, not like they're completely sheltered. They think the world is normal out there or anything. Like they're aware of what's No, going no, they're on. very aware. And they have all they Just they're familiar with all the weapons too. Like all okay. the weapons? Okay. All is, right. that one, is that right? Oh, whatever. Okay. Like, like they know how to take down walkers. Like the in theory, right? Which is kind of funny because it's okay. kind of like it's kind of like if they're kind they're kind of like us in a weird okay. way. They're like, oh, I know how to take out. Just go yeah. aim for the head, right? <laughs> That's another podcast. See, <laughs> aim for, I know aim for the head die. podcast. One of the apocalypse, though. <laughs> but see, that's because we we do this all the time. We know the kind of dead meat we're gonna be, except for Chris. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he knows the he knows how to leapfrog on rocks and shit. No, I wouldn't be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, because I'm five two with tiny legs. <laughs> Jesus, Chris would be uh, looking for another exit. Now, yeah. I'll be over here checking the back door, guys. Well, I think you two would be the one boosting up. Well, I'd be like, yeah, a little to the right, a little right. <laughs> okay. In case you didn't know, we're actually talking in the, in the beginning. The most of the video, we're talking about the Walking Dead world beyond. Rachel's just kind of like, okay, all right, Walking Dead world. It's a bunch of kids in the apocalypse, right? They, oh, they all of a sudden know how to kill walkers. No, they've grown up knowing how to kill walkers and so she's like okay i see you i ain't all right okay i'll accept this which is basically most people when they hear about the premise of, of the walking dead world beyond they're, they're like okay is it a teenage show what's, it, what's going on here <laughs> yeah that was uh most people's first thought it's gonna be a teenage show teenage apocalypse so yeah we're like okay oh okay who cares but it's like no 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 they have the knowledge but they've never done it before and now they're going to and so they're like and this is the point is like i was saying oh they're like us they're literally like us okay we know we know the science of killing a walker we know what not to do we know how to strike them we know how to not what not to do but then like when we do it this is the kids essentially when they do it they're like hey, i don't know but actually what's going to end up happening is these kids are going to show us up because if we ever get put in that situation where we're dead fucking meat we're dead meat we're dead we're dead 100% dead, except for you. You have machetes, whatever. Done. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know how to use them. And then the latter part of the clip, which is not 100% obvious, like I'm saying, you know, except for Chris. Chris is gonna, we're, uh, he's not dead meat, obviously, because he knows not to leapfrog across rocks. This references Cooper Andrews as, uh, as Jerry, <laughs> going, they had to put me in a harness to simulate me jumping across these rocks because I'm yeah. so, because I'm so big when I get that run start it's hard to stop <laughs> and so i'm like oh but you know it's me i may be big but my little legs are tiny <laughs> and so and meanwhile we're talking about the rock because it and chris had a bone to pick about why didn't they just climb the rock face you know it's right there they could climb out where alpha is and just climb out i'm like all right you climb out i'm tiny and dead you know okay i'll just <laughs> i'll just direct you i'll just I'll say okay chris a little to the right <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks. Thanks for playing. Oh, you just throw me down a rope, okay? I'll still not know how to climb <laughs> it, but I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, you jump and, and then I'll throw you a rope and you tie it to something and I'll just use the rope. Yeah, I'll just use a rope. Maybe. <laughs> We'll see. we'll see. Maybe I'll maybe I'll go through. Maybe I'll, I'll fall and die. Right. I, I appreciate you giving me a chance. Right. Like to yeah, to live. Exactly. 
Oh, Lonnie's saying, I know how to kill walkers, but I have trouble ki killing spiders. Just throw a spider at me and I'm dead. It's like, I'm very confused by the statement, Walani. <laughs> like, I get it. I 100% get it. It doesn't make logical sense, but I understand you. I'm glad you guys saw most of that because my screen was too dark. I missed most of the leaf frogging. Oh, talks about the leaf frogging. <laughs> yeah, you have to dim your, you actually have to like bring dim the your lights, brightness right? up. You have to bring the brightness up on your TV. Satrazimus? Satrazimus yeah. directed this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he said you know, in the interview that it was, you know, they shot in the dark 90% of that whole thing. So the idea they brought carriages on set so people could see better in the dark. <laughs> I thought that was hysterical. What? Does it work? Carrot Who knows? juice. Because of beta carotene. Not that fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's like a steady diet. But yeah, yeah, the right, general exactly. idea. Right. Just for today, guys. Here you go. Load up. This is a Popeye spinach yeah. here. It's like, no. look, look, look. whoa. <laughs> I can see everything. No. No. Everybody's sitting, Everybody sitting around with an IV of fucking vitamin K going in. All right. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> Put it in my veins. Rachel's like, I'm not buying this shit. Milani's saying, uh, oh God, I, th those really dark episodes are driving me crazy. It, but you know what? Nothing, nothing tops the, uh, nothing tops that Game of Thrones, that, that one episode, or I think maybe it was a couple, like that, that fight in the dark, basically with the, with the White Walkers. Yeah. Or we're not, not the White, the Whites, sorry, the Whites. They're like, they're like Walkers. <laughs> Yeah, um, they're walkers too. Yeah, they're walkers too. They deserve equal <laughs> equal rights. <laughs> okay, all right. Calm yeah, down. they're just they're just a little colder. They're just a little. Ooh. The only difference is that they give you frostbites. Burr. Do you wanna be a snowman? <laughs> Do you wanna be a white? Anyway, that was that was really dumb, and I'm sorry. I, I apologize immediately, and I'm not editing it. I like to show, show how stupid I am. It was almost exciting in a weird way. It was like exciting, but also like terrifying. Like, sure. oh shit, they're going there. Like, oh <laughs> shit, Daryl's getting the fuck beat out of him. <laughs> oh shit, Daryl's getting the fuck beat out of him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Right, that was the two things. It's like, whoa, yeah. oh, this is refreshing. Oh shit, this sucks. <laughs> like, that's what I was feeling all at once, and I'm like, I don't like, know. I, I was literally tapping the couch. I'm like, <laughs> what? What is going on here? What is going on here? Yeah, that's the best way I, I can explain it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it looked, it looked I'm struggling pretty, here. Right. It looked pretty sketchy, but I don't know. I just kept thinking, all right, how's he going to get out of it? How are we getting out of this one? Come on, right. come on. How are we getting out of it? It took come me on. a while to get there. It, no, you, no. you know you know what got me to feeling exactly what you're feeling right there? Hmm. Knowing that he's going to be at Hilltop Swing and Because we saw the trailer. Yeah. Yep. The image of him swinging that mace. So what I'm talking about here is when Alpha's beating the fuck out of him in that one episode like where they're like beating the fuck out of each other but more more him than alpha i have these two simultaneous reactions i'm like oh they're going there like even when they captured him the saviors captured him put him and tortured him like you know psychologically in jail i was like okay but they wouldn't dare kill this character because like obviously everybody loves this character so yeah. otherwise people would rage quit like mad but then i'm all of a sudden i'm watching this character get beat the living fuck out of and i'm like oh this is interesting this is uh, but then i'm like oh this is fucked up oh wait maybe i'm i'm starting to feel like these people these people who'd rage quit i'm like oh no yeah. i'm like i caught myself i'm like oh wow wait i have these feelings too <laughs> like i don't want it to go <laughs>
and then the the sudden realization that like oh wait hold on a second in in like two episodes he's gonna be at hilltop swinging that mace just like in the promos and i started laughing like by myself watching this episode i'm like oh wait no he's gonna be fine <laughs> as i was watching that scene and i saw darrow getting the shit beat out of him i loved it yeah i i did too it was like this weird sudden reaction like oh yeah this is what okay there's my money at work what money <laughs> like i didn't pay for this <laughs> yeah um, well amc premiere but still still even what walani's just saying also like no one has plot armor and i agree i this literally i agree nobody is safe except for yeah. except for daryl <laughs> except for daryl <laughs> this is just like it's it's like this weird trap that they will never get out of unless they can do it somehow creatively where the death is mysterious and then people be like just like keith just like madison just like grady memorial hospital and all the other people that we never saw a body yeah it, well yeah. she's saying except for daryl see i think they can get away with killing dog they'll they'll get some heat from it they'll get some heat but i think they'll survive it because then they'll because daryl's still alive and he can get revenge for it right uh, yeah <laughs> oh my god i'm sick revenge for dog exactly revenge for dog you they can manifest or they could just you know instead of killing dog they you know don't show dog dying and oh he ran away oh right yeah well no no i think i think <laughs> what the show could do if they wanted to take a risk is manufacture like an enemy that did this to dog and like get people very angry now they might get angry with the show <laughs> yeah. but they but it got people talking didn't it <laughs> and daryl's still alive right so Ivy on facebook Ivy. wants to know why the walking dead why that topic for a podcast that's a really good question because i've been on radio before and like i mentioned this at the top of the show but i've been on radio before i've been on internet radio too and i guess it was just the timing i had been watching the walking dead religiously and i kind of quit doing the music thing probably about like a year and a half prior and um there's a just a part of me that was itching to do something creative again it was a way for me to flex a little bit like to flex my 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 muscles a bit when it comes to editing actually mostly but i also kind of wanted to increase my acumen when it come, when it came to uh, speaking publicly and to i had so many thoughts on the show but i also had so many thoughts on life and my both my political and like interpersonal and philosophical opinions have been evolving ever since since before then i mean you're talking about like you know a year after donald trump was elected and which is kind of like this weird watershed moment in politics but also in like philosophy like what matters what doesn't matter things like that and and it all kind of swirled into the show like it all there were some parallels i was seeing in the show and i didn't really get a chance to really explore it too much in the beginning of when we started podcasting in season one and stuff like that i, I could season feel eight. like okay. as i was getting older like i was reaching 40 and like your brain you do start to realize what actually matters versus what doesn't matter and, and this is of course i'm being so cryptic and not really letting you in on what i think politically or what <laughs> not unless you ask me directly but but it was a kind of a chance to kind of actually explore some of these ideas that i've been thinking about via the show like things like communism like democracy capitalism bartering utopia you know yeah. we, we brought these things a lot covering season eight and so i found a way to kind of weave those things in and then like it gave me like a chance to through narrative to kind of explore those ideas just to add to what you said, I mean, I, that is a really good point because the show, it 
does reflect a lot on what's happening in real life. You did a really good job on that AMA. You know, I never, I never rewatched that. <laughs> you, sh you should now because you can laugh at so many of the questions that kept repeating in a different way. All to say, and this is going to stay in the show. All to say, why won't you pick me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> What? What? What's wrong with me? Like the the child inside, you know. This <laughs> like, yeah. but on the outside, it's like, yeah, go fuck yourself, Squawking Dead. And I, I don't need this pod. I, I I don't need this podcast. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Nobody's gonna know. I love that. Only you and me know what I'm talking about. You guys might have an idea of, of not who I'm referring to, but like the idea of somebody who's like, oh, you don't want me on the show? I didn't like your podcast anyway. <laughs> yeah. And yet, and yet, recent development. This is funny. Twice in recent days, this person has added you as a friend. Twice. Because what? that means that he, he stopped at one point and then and, and followed again. You're talking about within the span of two, like a month or two, like a month probably. Oh, that is something that the person used to do a lot. Block. I'm not. Unblock and <laughs> block, unblock. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not following you. them. I'm not following them. I don't need. I don't need this shit. <laughs> this, yeah. You. You. If you, if you like shit. what we're doing, ko-fi.com/squawkingdead. <laughs> Only three dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Honestly, if he did do that, all right. Welcome to the chat. And in this respect, if he did do that, yeah, okay. I'm not gonna be a dick. You earned it. You okay? You like the show, or at least you're pretending to. Yeah. yeah. You get what everybody else gets. This is a democracy, baby. I'm a very charitable person. I'm very charitable. Okay, I'm self-proclaiming this. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you would have to do a lot, a lot for me to kick you out of anything or block you or whatever. You know, you'd have to go a step too far. Meaning, yeah. going so far as to not only insult me, but insult my fellow co-hosts, insult my friend Nisa, to a, a, a bad degree. I allow a lot of people to vent too, about other people. You know, if you want to talk about it, you talk about it, I won't judge you, blah, blah, blah. As long as we're trying to work out something but yeah, yeah yeah no there's a limit i'm just attributing that to gabriel in my opinion though but that's how <laughs> this i'm clip, doing it. i love it because yeah. that's what i want in life <laughs> that's my she agenda can't rely, she cannot rely too much on gabriel gabriel's <laughs> not going to be around for much longer oh so. <laughs> snap shots fired <laughs> Not she's gonna gonna going. Around. She's going canon. She's going canon. Comic book canon. He's not going to be around touch my for Gabriel. much longer. You don't I'm touch sorry. him. I'm no. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Did you see numbered. last week's episode? Did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. Good for him because he's no good for me. <laughs> All the more reasons we should expect him to. Yeah, Boy, I, I am actually hot for preacher right now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, come off it. I'm hot right now, literally hot. Oh I'm very embarrassed. So uh, it's fine. He's, he's, I'm just, this is my way of accepting. I, I have I anger is one of the steps. I know. <laughs> so. I know. Listen, I. If there's any consolation, he will go down epically, in my, my opinion. opinion. He will. I'm hoping he doesn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ani's saying Gabriel the wild man. I agree. I yeah. Mm -hmm. This is like this is like when Gabriel was had that hot hand. Like yeah, ooh yeah. The audience is really starting to maybe like me. <laughs> like I mean, I love him. I love him. I love the character now. Again, split the room kind of thing. I love clowns. So who are you to trust me? <laughs> so. 
Don't, don't. I mean, I, I'm imploring you, don't trust me. There are some people who think the way I do, though, on this one. They're like, oh man, Gabriel's got a hot hand. He's looking good. He's kind of sexy, actually. A little sexy. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, his, atti- his attitude. Yeah, confidence. Confidence is key. Yeah. Leading. Confidence is sexy. Yeah. Although, that is kind of like how Enid went. You know, she's like, as soon as she assumed the other dude was her boyfriend, Alden was her boyfriend. Like, this the contrast of how she came into the show versus is how she left the show. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I, I, I'm not fighting the idea of Carol's suggestion that this is going to happen. I get it, but I still don't want it to happen. I was really glad to see Alden step up and really kind of get in Aaron's face a little bit because you don't see people do that a whole lot. I mean, unless it's Daryl, but, you know, he stood up for what was important. And I mean, was it really the time to argue? Probably not. They're getting ready for war, but he stood his ground because this was important. You know, everything they were doing is for the future of every child in that room right now, including Adam. By the way, and this is kind of like why I love doing the show because it's almost as if like these two little archetypes or ideologies are kind of like butting against each other. There's like this idea of like, you know, doing what's right. And then, you know, if you do something right, you should get rewarded for it. But well, I don't know about that mm-hmm. because the scales aren't quite that balanced just yet. You got to work towards that relationship or try to at least. Thanks. Oh, not that bad yet. I knew you were getting emotional too. But, um, oh. <laughs> But yeah, no, you're right. I mean, that, that that's the thing about the show that I like exploring is is that like when you see these two ideas clash together, it's like it's not even a matter of like you said, it's not even a matter of right or wrong. It's about right. it's about making you think. That's that's what I like about this scene. It's like some people will be like in that one camp and some people will be like in that other camp. But I'm hoping that these two people can actually talk about it, you know, and yeah. people can be like instead of yelling at each other on Twitter. <laughs> right. like, no, no, Alden's like a pussy. And then <laughs> like, no. <laughs> No, just before this, just so just so you know, Rachel and I were kind of going back and forth on this. Like, no, I mean, don't you think Aaron is trying to do the right thing? And, you know, that is that is Adam's aunt. And she's like, no, no, this is what she, you know, she she killed. She killed his mother, blah, 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 and all these things. And then I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know. That is something to consider. Like, I mean, yeah, sometimes you have to earn that relationship. You want to do the right thing, but you just everything in its own time. And you never know when somebody's going to go. And but on the other hand, you got to earn it. You know, it's, it's going to take time. This is the thing. Like, Milani says it after after all all this, the setting up uh, for Maggie and him to flash forward to Enid. Oh, because she doesn't understand the pairing of Enid, uh, Enid and Alden. Yeah. But what's interesting is Enid may be gone. Alden is around. Maybe another chance at Maggie, uh, uh, you know, a little run at Maggie again. Maybe. I don't know. The thing that we saw in season eight, maybe. But what I like about that, actually, is we remember that. And now we have to deal with like five, six, sorry, six years now of the way Alden has changed and the way Maggie may have changed, you know? And I like that. I like This is one thing I'm excited for. Like, what do these people, what do they look like in a room now? Maggie and Alden. Adam's aunt. Yeah, Adam's aunt. <laughs> Even more interesting. Okay. And I only thought of this just now. Um, Maggie and Alden are both, you know, parents now. They have baby Adam. There's there's some interesting alignments going on here. By the way, your husband's saying Bader and Daryl could have been the TWD Bash brothers like from Mighty Ducks. That's right. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
or wait, what, what was that movie with um, Paul Newman? Like the two brothers, I think it was the two brothers in that movie. It was a hockey movie and I can't remember what it was called now. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know that one. Eric, help me out here. Uh, <laughs> this is Eric. Hockey Burke, movie people. with Tom Newman? Oh, Paul he can't Newman. hear me. Paul Newman. He's got his headphones on too. He can't hear me. <laughs> I'm trying to listen to the Squawking Dead episode, <laughs> Rachel. Right. I would have to talk to my husband through this screen, even though he's right here in the same room. <laughs> and there's a lag too, which is even funnier. Oh, now he's looking. <laughs> <laughs> See? <laughs> he should have bought us. I didn't, I didn't pay for the coffee, so I can't. That's exactly I'm what lag. I was going to say. I'm lagging because I didn't pay for the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rachel, you could just, uh, just give him the just link. Send it to him. Could I? I can't. I mean, you have it in Slack. You just send it to oh, him. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how to do yes, that. You, I don't know how to send links. <laughs> Look who you're talking to. I know. To. I'm sorry. <laughs> Send a link. Oh, wait, That's we got to like, get back on. Everybody. Sounds like a foreign language. I don't want to send a link. <laughs> like, oh, come on, man. So like, it's like, like, if it's your husband, you can give him the, give him the Zoom meeting. <laughs> like, I'm like thinking to myself, like, if he wants to listen to, I mean, I appreciate it. The, the, the nice thing about listening through YouTube is, of course, it increases our views, right? But in our watch hours, but like, seriously, man, just like, just like give him the She's link. like talking to him and, oh, wait, he can't hear me. Right. Uh, oh, now, oh, now, now he, now he heard me because yeah, <laughs> he's watching. And that lag, there's a, there's that lag. There's this like, um. At least what five? It was like six or seven seconds. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And but but was funny about that. There was no lag between what I was about to say and him saying, "Oh, I didn't buy a coffee." It was just <laughs> yeah. like it was like. And do you know what we we realized just the other day? How literally almost the same Eric and I are. Eric Burt, uh, Rachel's husband. I can't give you the example because I don't remember it. But it was this weird, glaring moment where it's just like, "Oh my God, we're we are we're the same." You married. Oh, this is why you like me as a person. It's because of this. <laughs> we kind of even sort of, kind of, sort of act the same, but also kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of look the same. Like you know, squat, <laughs> bald, bearded men. It's like you know what I mean. <laughs> Make a very nice gay couple. I'll just say <laughs> two beards. Well, I'm more of a cub. <laughs> Start to realize: Are we looking at the Michonne, uh, current Michonne, what she would have done that scenario now? It does kind of make you think about that because I often wonder, given what she's been through, losing Rick, um, going through that incident uh, in Scars of last year, I wonder if she would make the same decision to save Andrea. And so I kind of, I kind of give it to you, mm. like Michonne of today, Michonne as of the beginning of this episode. Do you think that that's what's going on in this vision? That she would have made that decision with all the knowledge she had today? Mm. Had she never met Andrea in the first place? Huh. That's, I like that thought. Really good question. Because that's, by the way, because that's why, that's another I, reason why you'd bring that to the, yeah. at, at the beginning of the episode. Because that's what I thought well, was going on. Right. Well, yeah. Well, now having heard your interpretation of this, I want to... Oh, by the way, that's Kirsten Akuna, by the way. Revisit. I asked Angela specifically, like, why, like, what is the what if sequence supposed to mean? And I, I wonder now if her words ring differently because of everything that you said. So, because, of course, she's being cryptic. Let me bring this... <laughs> She's she's me in right. high school, I, <laughs> right. right? Me in high school, right? With um, my live journal. So this was from Angela Kang. Jesus. He said from Michonne's for Michonne's last episode, we found ourselves thinking a lot about her character and who she is at her core. She's made some hard choices along the way, but overall, her arc has bent her towards other people and mercy over pure cold pragma uh, pragmatism. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like I can't read. When Michonne came into the show, she was a good Samaritan. She didn't have to help. Andrew 
Andrea, but she put herself at risk to save a stranger, but at other times she's denied help to strangers or even attacked them. So we thought it'd be interesting to explore a parallel universe story that's taking place in her mind as her values are tested with this right. complicated character, Virgil, right? Um, right, right. And that's that, That's all that she really gave me. <laughs> so yeah. doesn't, it doesn't help to totally answer. Probably going through what she did, you know, helped her remember who she was at, at her core too. Maybe if she hadn't gone through that when she stumbled upon those two people, it may have gone differently. Had she not at the end gone of the episode. Her- Yes. At the very end of the episode, if Michonne had not gone through Mm -hmm. her vision quest, she may have passed those people up. Oh, boy. She may not have yeah. put her hand out and said, "Come on, let's go." So you're, you're, I agree. I think that that's, I think that's an accurate read. So your your answer right now does kind of lend credence to what I was saying, though, because it made me think of something completely different, which was take that a little further. Let's say she meets those people. Let's say she decides not to help them and continues moving forward. Because here's the thing: had Michelle not go th- go through this whole entire experience, the whole whole experience, not just the trip, <laughs> but what happens after, yeah. she may or may not have, not have helped those people, and she, and but it would be in the name of trying to get to Rick faster and that's not the point. The point isn't to get to Rick. The point is to remember what he represents or what he learned finally at the end of season 8 which was, you know, what she says to Virgil right at the very end is like mercy gives you some gives you brings you peace, it brings you a piece of your soul, it, it gives to others, you know, it gives people a chance mm-hmm. to to be kind of like what Negan says to be a resource, but it gives something it gives Excuse something me? to the world that otherwise would have been snuffed out, you know. There's util- There's almost utilitarianism in it, but it also gives you something in return. And so, like everything gets a return. So, going back to those two Morgan. people, she may she let's say she didn't help them, and she found Rick. Could she say? And I'm going to bring this back to a specific point. But let's say she finds Rick at the end, and she had to go through all these people, like not helping these people, maybe probably killing a couple of other maybe innocent, maybe not so innocent people, maybe scared people along the road who are trying to you know defend themselves against strange people, kind of like my Shane thing earlier with my wife but then like you get to the point where you get to rick and it's like hey what did you do to get here not a lot of good things i like that kirsten kind of brought this just specifically for us angela kang's quote thus proving that she's she's my baby my little baby girl she's all grown up (laughs) i don't i'm i'm such a i i feel bad now saying this like oh of course she's she's a woman with full agency um, and Walani says walking in another person's sh- person's shoes, and yet, you know, walking in the shoes the shoes of today in the past. So in a way, another person, yes, but like you know, the, the stark difference between Michonne back then, who was willing to give the one person a chance, you know, and then this is what happens. Yeah, I mean, after Jocelyn, no, she wouldn't have saved Andrea. Yeah, yeah, and then everything that happens afterwards, the whispers and everything, like the chance, the the kind of but not. Really really chance on Lydia, like telling her, you know, you're better off if you just leave now. That, oh yeah, that sucked. That sucked hard. But, you know, you got the episode of Scars, like, just after that too, to kind of understand that that comment. And that's yeah. that's that's the interesting thing about Negan. And it'll bring me back to the episode, but like, like <laughs> the two people that we see Negan most respectfully take in, and one most recently in one way in the past, Michonne in the last episode, like, mm. she's literally swinging her katana at him at the time where she he's about to save her anyway. He's like, I like the lady nuts on you, blah, blah, blah. I'll take you in. <laughs> Same uh-huh. with Carl, though. Carl gun 
guns down and kills his men. And yet he still goes, hey, Carl, come on in. Let me show you around. I like you. Like, <laughs> yeah. And yet, like, Spencer, who was, like, trying to be diplomatic with him, right? And, and like, talk peacefully with him. But he's, like, full of shit. Like, you know, it's not about right. being on his on the right side. He can read people. He's not respected. He's not respected. That's the key. He's not respected. Yes. And he's like, I'm not dealing with you. You're not the right yep. person to talk to. Because it's the thing. Like, people are a resource. And if he doesn't see if, that you have value or, you know, you're a person that, that can be dealt with, like, they could be reasoned with or, like, oh, you're useful to me, then, then mm-hmm. he'll murk you. Well, and he said Spencer was a rat. And I, f- yeah. I forget what the context of this was, too. Like, I don't remember why I brought this up at all. Like, it seems like with every clip, I kind of know exactly why we brought that up. But see, this is one of those clips that I actually clipped out, like, way, you know, when we released the episode, like, or just after. So, yeah, I don't know why. I don't I don't remember why the context of this at all. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know. Episode 94, maybe? I guess. Michonne swinging yeah. her katana at you in this dream sequence. And yet, you know, oh, I like you. Spencer, he's got no guts. He he wouldn't face Rick, so he he went to Negan to... You know, Around his back. back, yeah. That was the thing. Exactly. So he has no respect for someone like that. Right. He doesn't have respect for, for people who would... First of all, they have no weight. That's the thing. He knows the people that he's dealing with. Negan can read people. The one thing that I'll give Negan Negan credit for and you know old Negan right for as much as his organization was top down and he was the only thing holding it together there was something about with the satellite location not satellite locations but these other communities that have to pay tribute he made it a point for the leaders to see the deaths he was putting on on these people so that they could keep it in line he needed people that thought like him and maybe they didn't see it that way I don't think any like I don't think King Ezekiel saw it that way I don't think Rick saw it that way Gregor he saw it that way in a way he saw that maybe we need to do this to, to, to stay alive to, to you know to have some form of community and survival but he required the leaders of, that people respect to bend the knee you know so they can respect them lead and then follow Negan's lead so that he doesn't have to come in there himself and keep it all together which I didn't think about really so much I mean generally speaking you, I thought about this but like honing in on the fact that yeah he knows how tenuous his grip is and he requires the leaders of these communities the existing leaders to cop on do you see that brief scene with carol saying dog keeps the cats away mm-hmm. basically right in the beginning everybody was like wondering where the fuck is dog and now we know <laughs> and it's like this brief and you barely see the dog in it you see the back of the dog it's interesting because like dog keeps the cats away the cats are away they know where home is that's how beta finds the tower right <laughs> because of fucking dog but i don't want to talk about that because that's upsetting me <laughs> what's really what's really interesting is the cat that stays and of course yeah. is, is trying to belong the weird cat the cat mm-hmm. odd cat that stays even when the dog is there it's like lydia and mm-hmm. lydia lydia and Negan. like like i was trying like in the beginning like i hadn't even noticed it at first not really uh and this is like right before judith and lydia's conversation i'm like okay what is this whole thing about this cat that that won't go away and does that mean the mice will play does that mean a beta will play <laughs> So there's just like there's a lot of shit going on here about people not belonging, being honest, and then telling the truth, princess, etc. Yeah, so that's generally the episode about princess feeling like she didn't belong, and Lydia, Negan, these two outsiders, you know, they don't belong and yet they're there. I didn't pick this clip. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they thought this was the, a good clip, but yeah, whatever, it's fine with me. I, I love this scene for some reason. <laughs> 
That's a believable reaction. So, uh, it probably smells horrible. That's what you get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what you get. I mean, if you've never seen one before, never smelled one before. Yeah. Yeah, that would happen. <laughs> yeah, imagine if a dead body could move. Like, okay, a dead body, like, standing still is already smells bad enough, but moving around and getting to release all these folds of putrescence. In the heat. <laughs> yeah, in the, in the heat of the sunlight, wow. not in a morgue where it's cool. You know what makes it way worse? A walker that's actually eaten flesh. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> yeah, that would smell even worse. <laughs> I can't Just believe hanging out here in two and a half years of doing this. I can't believe, or maybe more now, but I can't believe we haven't, we haven't had the, we asked the most basic question, do walkers fart approve? Is it just yeah. out of them? Or what? Maybe the world beyond will actually discuss this in the anatomy class. Anatomy of a walker. Right? Of an empty. And if they don't excrete, wouldn't we be looking at some really big fat walkers by now? Or at least in the belly area? Like if it all just keeps piling in, wouldn't, right. wouldn't their stomach start to stretch? Well, I mean, we did in the beginning. Like with the well walker. The one that ate Laurie was fat. Yeah, yeah. But I guess with less and less people around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, mostly just kind of wither away. You know, we were so humane, we kept feeding them. Yeah. <laughs> the, this is what I wanted to show you. Oh, yeah. So what, what, do, you, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? Like, for, first of all, remember, remember what we were talking about with smell? How, like, smell is one of those things that, like, you don't really smell the thing. You kind of smell the changes and the difference in smell from what you were smelling before to what you're smelling now. Mm -hmm. So, like, these kids didn't have a chance to acclimate. Yeah. To, to the outside environment. What state is mm, that? That's New York. Hands down. Where did Rick leave? Where, where, he, where his last recorded either pickup or drop-off was? Oh, no, he was picked up at... Um, Jersey. The the log was... Um, yeah, like Trenton Harbor was, or something like that, or, or Bridgetown, Bridgeport. Virginia Haywell, New Jersey, Bridgers Shipyard. This is how it went. It was Virginia Haywell slash New Jersey. I assume they started in Virginia, ended in New Jersey. Here. Oh, Bridges Shipyard. Oh, Howell, Howell, New Jersey. Well, Haywell. it looked like H-E-Y-E... W-E-L-L, -L, but that was Virginia. Because you could kind of see Lieutenant Commander E-K on the paper. You can see it right here on the screen. Oh, Jesus. The big giant letters. I'm trying to focus on these teeny tiny letters down here. <laughs> like, I don't see it. Yeah. Okay, I do know. LT Commander E.K. So, yeah. E.K.'s initials. Julie Armand. Yeah. Gotta be. Nisa had an answer for the um, Walker's excretion method. Just leaks out. Oh, there out. you go. Leaks from the guts and the Leaks and from the, the guts. Ash. And the ass. And the ass. There you are. I, I do feel like kids are more honest. Hey, see, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm all about the poop. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about the feces. Yeah. The feces. What? The feces. Huh? Anyway. Yeah, hey, anyone here knows anything about Walker feces? Oh, yes. Yeah, I've got this. Yeah. Let me just yeah, put I my glasses this. on. <laughs> uh, the Walker. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, when I talk about gross stuff, let's do it. Yeah, let's rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the moment but that's the th that's the thing that really kills me about like kids like they grew up with this premise that you are not living for the present so try mm -hmm. driving that into a kid's head no they're living in You're the pre basically telling them they that they don't matter to, well, like you don't matter yeah everything we're doing is for future us like you're not going to be a part of that but <laughs> yeah what everything you're doing is to build a future that's all you should be concerned about it's mm -hmm. like it's like telling a, a a wolf not to be himself <laughs> or herself that's what i find really interesting is like you're trying to bend these kids to against their natural inclination and this is the result and i have a feeling that what they're going to play with in uh, the walking dead world beyond is like they tell this to everybody and they're going to continue to tell this idea of you're not living for t for today you're living for tomorrow yeah. like the, every generation they'll they'll continue saying that because that's a tactic to get them to not kill themselves <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Give them uh, a higher purpose. Yeah, from the beginning. Exactly, exactly. Like baking in like this, and you can see that in some of the teasers with Elton in the in the in the judo class. He's like, "We are the tools of tomorrow. What is our tomorrow? I don't know. Whatever the fuck it is, but you know <laughs> that sort of thing." What's this about? Ugh, fuck that! <laughs> what? <laughs> what the hell? Where's Carol? I need commentary, Carol. <laughs> What the? Uh, I say it's Althea. What the hell? Did any one of our group manage to escape Virginia? No, right? Is this is this Dwight moving the curtain out of the way? We don't this know. This person is approaching. D oh, okay. Well, it could be. Yeah, maybe that's how it looks like. And she, he's moving the curtain. Car Carol's saying, "I'm not a fan. That shit is scary. <laughs> it's like clowns, right?" This is uh -uh. like no. Jason. Car yeah, Carol does Jason not like this. Yeah, you like machetes, man. <laughs> Come on. Sorry. <laughs> I likes what I likes. <laughs> I know. I'm not a big fan of masks either. I, you know, if I can't see your face. Not cool. Not cool. Huge fear boner. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. The, the erection. This is the swatty yes. with the guns. And who who are they shooting at? Hey, there's more than one person with a mask. Looky, looky. Maybe the masked person is Charlie. Doesn't that look mm. like, a, like a girl? I, okay. Do you see three people in this shot? Yeah, all three in oh, masks. Oh, I didn't notice the one in the back I here. I thought this was part of the gun. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's three people yeah and they're all in masks maybe it's our people though look all of our people have been captured so oh here they are again one small group broke away well who does that that looks like althea uh, yeah i mean i can only agree to the haircut yeah that's it that's all i got <laughs> right that's and this is such a clear photo too i don't know the two on the end look feminine and the very first looks like a, a dude bod okay the first one looks like dwight if he got another jean jacket <laughs> like his jean cutoff jacket see i was thinking more like victor's build though ah uh, well, like dwight's look, dwight's tiny well look at the middle there i don't know she's riding it like um one of the uh, what is the, the the Comanche? She looks like a jockey. <laughs> and here's the thing: they know to get oh, really super. Her. They know to get super close to Swati. Oh, so that they can't Nisha. shoot him. Maybe it's a pregnant Grace. Oh, in the good call. Yeah. So if they go back to very this very good call. With yeah. the so this year, mm -hmm. well, she can't be pregnant if it's far in the future. But it could be Grace. That could be Grace still, even in this shot. That could yeah. be Grace. Because this is the two perspectives. Wait, then hold up. Is this Morgan then? <laughs> could be. <laughs> that could be Morgan. Althea, and Morgan that still and Grace. could be Al. Yeah. Uh -huh. Definitely Althea. Yep. Let's just call it okay. as we seize it. Yeah. <laughs> and we could be wrong. Who gives a shit? I know, totally. <laughs> it could be Colby. Uh what's his name of the show? Wes. Oh, it's gotta be them. Because they're getting the SWAT truck back. Yeah, I was having a lot of fun with Carol in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is gross. <laughs> this shit's gross. Yeah. <laughs> Now that we have a little bit more perspective, I mean, I wish we could, wish we had more time to actually flesh out some of the things we know now. But like, it does seem to me that like there, there are some other people that are involved with the mask wearing. It's a, it's a bunch of people, not just the people we think are wearing them. Yeah. And so it's like a resistance faction or something like that. It seems like. So you're saying that the trailer, the extended yeah. trailer, focused more on Gabriel. <laughs> Why is that? Yeah, felt oh, like no. it really kind of revolved around him. Well, my theory <laughs> is that. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, my theory is that. Gabe's getting more screen time because he's about to have none. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to say it. Shut up. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. 
Sorry. Sorry. No more yeah. hot preacher. No. <laughs> I love, I love how Lisa puts it. Gabe's yep. getting Gabe's death. Yeah. <laughs> Gabe's getting Gabe's death. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Oh, boy. Exactly. Although, I mean, that would be, a, it's a very epic death. There's some things that it's just to deviate from it, it just like it's like Glenn. They didn't deviate Glenn because they're like, you right. know what? This has to happen the way it has to happen. And it just yep. is what it is. Gabe's death, I'm like, that has to happen. It's gotta happen. Yep. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't I, I don't agree. I understand maybe, maybe. where you're coming from. I, I understand too. Now, I mean no, it's it's Carol, like it's like Carol, Megan killing Alpha in a way, even though the spawn of that yeah. was like Carol. Carol initiated that, made it possible for Negan to do that. She was the puppet master right. behind it. However, right. that they stuck to the comic <laughs> on that one. Yeah. I I really that was a good move really it was a good, good move so you satisfied both people in a weird way exactly yeah <laughs> the only thing i want to point out in that clip is that like they were all laughing so and, and, like it was like <laughs> and i'm like shut up <laughs> it's like it, i was trying to like mimic their laughter like as if they're like witches like cackling like <laughs> oh look there's milani again so so <laughs> so wanted carol to kill alpha yeah exactly and, and illustrating the yeah. point that like sometimes I mean, there's something to say about like, okay, doing it, doing it comic can, because you got to satisfy them every once in a while. Sometimes they have to get their way, but not without giving Carol some of her due. And I think that's the thing. Like, I think even she didn't think Negan would pull it off. So she's like hell bent. It's kind of like, do you remember like when Rick was trying to pull off the plan in season eight and all of a sudden he sees Negan and runs after him? Cause like, he's got, he's just got to kill him. It's got to kill him. Fuck the plan, you know, like fuck the plan that we had, you know, it reminds me of that. And we were like, what the fuck you don't stick to the plan that you made that everybody else is following. And we were talking about that, like how he's getting away from our where we're at. Like, we get it, but maybe we don't get it, but maybe, I don't know. Alana's experience on the show was quite different. I mean, not being with the main cast on the, from the onset was uh, kind of a different experience for as opposed to everybody else. But uh, in true Alana fashion, gotta make it funny. And, uh, and it is. But leaves off on a lighthearted note. When she does finally join the main cast, it's kind of, it's kind of nice. It tells you how much of a family this TW fan... TWD family really is. My first day, obviously, I landed and they handed me the script, and uh, I was with the governor. What the fuck? So I didn't know what I was doing when I got there, and so I wasn't with any of the original people. Um, so all of my scenes were with him, kind of hanging out behind the scenes with the crew and having a really good time. And uh, Andy came down, Stephen came down, and everybody was so yeah, that's sort of what it's like working on the walk dead your first day. Everybody's actually really nice to you. I wanted to include the audio version of this clip because what we did with the Walker Stalker panels was that we just released the videos as, you know, we produced them a little bit. We, we give a little shine to them. Some of them weren't, we needed to do some like heavy uh, audio editing for the video and some, some cool little trickery and some, some cool little visuals along the way and some transitions, etc. And then we like, eventually we added background music. There's a total of four videos of four different panels. Uh, some are shorter or longer than the other. I think the Fear of the Walking Dead panel was the longest. I'm not sure. Maybe the Hilltop. I'm not sure about that but what was cool is i sat down and i thought to myself wow this could be a podcast but we can't just throw these videos on some of them are visual some of them have visual cues some of them have transitions that need explaining um so what i did for episode 97 uh which is the official episode episode 97 anything that needed x an explanation i narrated so who was speaking at the time if need be i, I added the context of it I, it was so much fun to make too it was like it was like guiding the the audio listener 
through the experience, you know, like saying who's talking, you know, the back and forth, giving people context as to why this is funny, you know, what, what this person did in this scene, you know, or, or sorry, in this particular moment, it sounds like a typical podcast, not like Squawking Dead, but like, um, one of those well-produced podcasts. I mean, if you're interested in something like that, you know, instead of going through each video and watching it for yourself, like you can go through this experience of watching, of listening to all of them narrated by me with some of my comments and stuff like that. So that was a lot of fun to do. And I hope, uh, I hope people get to get to listen to that at some point. It's not, it's not very long. I think it's like, I think it's like 45 minutes maybe or something. It's a very good ride to be on. So this is episode 98, the ultimate fans episode. This is what spawned the walking dead universe ultimate fan contest this is like uh, we did this kind of to do that but also to kind of complain that the what that talking dead didn't do their ultimate fan thing but we wanted to talk about it because it's something that we wanted to put on the table for a long time you know like we wanted to explain the process you know we wanted to show rachel's videos more than anything else because she did some really really good videos oh uh and walani saying just before uh never understood the tara haters thought tara was the most relatable to the viewer yeah yeah and she was like a foil i i i totally agree with that like the only thing that frustrated me about her from the beginning like after a while you just forget about it but the impetus of her character was that she was supposed to train to be a police officer and yet like for some reason and maybe this just goes to show that maybe you know when you watch too much television you expect a little bit too much from your your characters but but you're right she is relatable to us she's training to be a peace officer and you know when faced with something like this it's a whole other ball game you know okay you can train de-escalation you can train in domestic disputes and normal people behavior but like, when it comes to this sort of thing your mind may not be prepared for that that my complaint was that she just wasn't mentally prepared for that and i thought police officer don't they have some sort of i don't know maybe like a, some grit or like some like facing these kind i don't know because you kind of expect her yeah. to be like rick you know in a weird way yeah but uh but she was training to be it wasn't a cop right and rick was one with experience a sheriff in fact yeah he was sheriff he had a lot of experience so, you know there is that just no but i I'm, I'm agreeing mostly with you guys i'm like now that look look now that we have like decades sorry not decades not decades years like seasons of experience you know we get it i get i i get it now i'll admit it i let it go i'm saying i let it go i wasn't buying it at the time but like i let it go but now that i have like that fifty thousand foot view of how bad this is and how people aren't always what they seem to be or what they claim to be or what they're trying to be um it makes complete sense especially the more you get to know people <laughs> <laughs> the more you get to know people and how they seem on the surface. I'm kind of referring to the guy we were talking about before. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing and nobody's going to know what we're talking about, but I'm, I don't care. It's just for you and me. Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> I don't even remember. Like, I, I think they said like, what makes you the ultimate fan or something like that. And I, and they wanted me I to really, like you saw my video. Well, they wanted me to really <laughs> emphasize that, you know, like my, the walking dead was my like escape from my life as a mom, oh. pretty much. Like that's where they wanted me to really like push. Me. And so I kind of had to talk about that and like 
It was more a lot of family-based things and like how I made, got I got my stepdad to watch it with me and I named my daughter Maggie and like it was very like based around my family. So, right, right. And I don't remember. Like I was so nervous. <laughs> I don't even. I just find that so shocked, like shocking. Like what? Like what would somebody say that would be bad? Like if you won something, I'd be like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. This is amazing. Like, right. What is so wrong with that? They yeah. just they want to make sure that you have a sort of like you know you're not gonna just be like oh shit like or like <laughs> or like that guy that you just. Know what? Fuck him right in the pussy, like that guy in the news. Yeah, like <laughs> some, and I would never do that, but which like, still could happen, though. Right? Well, do you know the guy that I'm talking about? This guy was like a viral, a viral phenomenon where the the local news would come out on location and ask a random person on the street, was like, "What do you think about this at this store? Like, why it's doing that?" And the guy would go, "Yeah, well, I think uh, this, but I also want to just say, uh, fuck her right in the pussy." And then like he'd walk away. <laughs> You got to look that up because it's so many videos that he does this to the to the reporters. It's terrible. Just don't get me wrong. It's terrible. But only one guy can be that guy. <laughs> it's like only Sasha Baron Cohen can do Borat. The point that I wanted to make with this clip, though, by the way, which distinguishes what we did with the ultimate fan thing. And I'm not to toot my goddamn horn. It's really more to illustrate what they do behind the scenes. If they like you, they will help you and they'll help you create a better video. If they don't, for some reason, especially with Rachel, but Rachel had her own problems. You really should listen. Oh, my God. Rachel threw out some really good videos really really good submissions and you get to see all of them in this episode in episode nine episode 98 you get to see all her takes her initial videos are so good she threw out one because the shirt she was wearing on the first one had like walking dead logos and stuff like that and they couldn't do that fine she came out with an even better video submitted it it was great for some reason she overwrote that with a sh well, I shouldn't say shittier video, but like a video that was not as well produced. But you gotta watch these videos. You have to watch these videos. Just fast forward to when we screen share and start playing them. It's great. Oh, and by the way, but if you have bought us a coffee, you can actually download those videos for you to keep. So if you want to see all of Rachel's takes and even Ashley's takes, by the way, some of them which didn't make the cut, some of them which they had to modify and they edited in some things. Well, Ani, it's not staging. It is somewhat like guiding the people that they like and not really guiding. They did try to have Rachel like, okay, can you re-upload this but not wearing that shirt? Or they said something about length at one point, whatever, and then she overwrote it. And then also the width of the video, it had to be in landscape, not portrait. And then she would, she, she actually made her own mistake. But she goes through it in the video. The whole point of this being is that there's a lot of guiding. Um, the end videos that you see, they're heavily produced. You know, they, they'll do their own editing. They'll, sometimes they'll ask you for an extra scene. Um, and then when it came down to when Ashley was actually on TV, they really like... So one thing that's really cool, and this is better explained in the video, is that before she goes on, or while she's listening to the show, she can hear all the stage hands and all the like behind the scenes things going on in the background. So like she hears everybody saying, and we're out. And like, oh, let's pan left. Oh, let's get this guy uh, water. You hear all of that stuff, all the chatter in your ears. But what's even more is that the, the producers will coach the people to say, you know, exactly, or agree to say certain things so that they don't deviate and surprise 
surprise people live on the show. So mm-hmm. there's a lot going on here. I would say like Talking Dead, with Talking Dead, it was a little minimal in terms of what they coach you to say, sort of, in a way. But it's not nearly as bad as I think other shows are. Out of all these episodes, the reason why I wanted to do this was to highlight Rachel's videos more than anything else. Give give Ashley another chance to show the videos, explain exactly what they wanted, uh, why they were re-uploaded. It, like each take was faster than the next. Um, the final take was two different videos they smashed together. You know, the beginning and the end part where she's explaining things and then they cut to the kids. Hey kids, the couch, let's watch The Walking Dead. No! And then, you know, that was the end video. They told him, hey, why don't you try doing this? And yeah, and the end result is that. But yeah, Rachel, I think, deserved a, a, a shake, a good shake. I think her video was excellent. Her videos, all of them, especially her new one. Her new one was so great. Um, we highlighted this during the giveaway as like kind of like the preview, just the video before all the contestants. And so you got to really get to see that and play it over again. And it was, it was just such a sweet video. And uh, I really do hope she enters and I really do hope she wins, you know, if they do it again. And if they don't, I'm going to kick her off the show just so that she can do the contest and win. Because she will win. She will win. I mean, it won't be my fault, but she will win. I mean, every uh, every time I see, you know, the ultimate fan, I was like, oh yeah, Rachel, that, her video is awesome. And then someone else went through my three of my... But, but that's hers was so much cooler and, and what people need to know is that this is what got me to go like hey i really like her passion and i explain this in the video i say i really like just the way she goes for it she's not like there's no shame but like in a good way like she's a geek and she knows it and she may not be like the ultimate fan but like her passion is what made me notice her and i went after her and i said hey send me something just send me something talk about something i just want to hear you speak and then I made the decision. I'm just like, and I, and like, you guys don't even know, like I'm getting emotional. It's really fucked up. Like she, she's like, I been re- I just call her my North star. Like she, she's, she's there when I'm feeling low and I feel low sometimes I do. And it's great because she's there on the inside. She knows what I'm going through. She <laughs> knows what I'm going through. You guys have no idea how <laughs> the emotional toll this podcast takes on me. Sometimes I feel like in some senses, I rob you guys a little bit of like the personal struggle, like a, a of how hard this is. Like even when we did our AMA, I let you guys in a little bit, a little bit into my, just the ostensible struggles, like the struggles everybody faces as a creator. It's hard to let people know the frustrations I have to go through because I don't want to come off as though I'm complaining. Like when, you know, like when, who cares? When? Cause there is that factor. There's the who cares factor. Like, oh, do we, we don't care. It's, I mean, you care, but it's like, but then there's new people. New people don't want to see that. You know what I mean? Like new people are like, oh God, is this what I'm in for? <laughs> is this, is this what i have to look forward to you know what i mean i i know i know with you walani i can i know but uh it's it's the new people effect new people see some guy just whining it's just i mean you know it's genuine i mean but it's like listen 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 can we can we talk can we talk listen when you meet a new guy for the first time is all you want him to talk about is the stuff that bothers him and like and like all the things he hates and uh and i mean like sometimes it's funny because if you both hate the same thing but like and you know i hate you know this i don't really like this about my life and like that it's just not it's like new people this is all i'm saying like new when you meet somebody new and we're like you know 
you're trying us out on a date. You know, it, it, the new person is trying us out on a date and you want them to see your best. And so how do you square that circle, right? You know, so there has to be a balance. And I think the best way to do that really is, I, I, I don't know. I mean, the only way I could think of is like a paywall or, you know, for coffee backers or something, because that makes sense. Or not even for backers, just in that platform. That's that's where that goes. Just that behind the scenes, you know, it doesn't have to be behind a paywall, but it can be just on that site, you know, like an unlisted YouTube video or something. Or I would like to go live, but that makes more sense to me because then it could be off the cuff we can get some get really deep so before we lose our minds this is the last clip you've made it this far thank you four hours and three minutes of recording <laughs> with some te technical difficulties along the way and talk about getting somewhat personal this video was assisted by um, a uh, consultant at 3Nom who uh, does the blog basically our, our workplace blog 3Nom is the place that I work we're an MSP IT consulting firm and so I get to talk a little bit about a lot a bit about my company but also like the my attitude towards certain things my approach my philosophies you get to know a little bit about me personally like what i like to listen to what i think about how i approach certain situations and every now and again we touch on the walking dead but then we get to this question and this question is like it you know explicitly about the walking dead and i'll let mariana take it away uh you, by the way you can get the blog recap of this from our blog we we refer to the blog to the three non blog where this is transcripted and it's short it's short and sweet it's like, there's like, I think it's like 40 minutes um, or maybe 30 minutes edited. So it's great. It worked out really nicely. In which way is Walking Dead series similar to working at Reno? Okay, so to try to simplify, it kind of really does go back to why we are who we are. It goes to the pandemic a little bit too, but like we are our best when we are cooperating. Um, humanity emerged, the modern man emerged from their ability to cooperate with one another. And so in that, like a lot of that occurs in The Walking Dead, like you need to, you need to come together in order to, in order to survive. Um, and so, and this is, this is how they defeated the Neanderthals way back. Um, this is why, because they were stronger, they were better, they had better sight in the dark, etc. But when we worked together with our limited um, mm -hmm. physical, physical attributes, yeah. we were able to overcome them. And so The Walking Dead has that in spades. When you actually do try to work together as a community, you can survive. That conversation was kind of risk. I was like, are people going to go for this? Are people? It's it's not really necessarily The Walking Dead. It's it is a little bit about me, but it's not. It was like a weird way to kind of cross-platform things. Like we, I mean, if people like IT services, they could come to 3Nom, and I thought that might be good for them. It was actually also the one of the first things that we recorded on Riverside too. So you'll notice the difference in quality too. But it was fun. You get a little a little peek into what I do every day. I, I love the the joke, by the way. I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but like I love the the joke that sometimes clients will tell us. They're like, "So who's the third Nom?" Because I know there's two presidents, but who's the third nom? Yeah, I'm so cool. <laughs> like I, I'm the third nom, bitch. It's me, but I don't. I'm not a. I'm not an owner. I'm not a partner. <laughs> That's just pathetic. Actually, sounding like yeah, I'm the third nom, bitch. Oh wait, I don't make nearly as much as they do. We've reached the end of our five-part episode 100 retrospective i hope to god these parts are edited to shit and i hope to god 
that in a way you get to listen to all the failures all the stumblings uh, and the only way to do that is through ko-fi.com slash squawking dead you'll be entitled to these full insane lessons in futility unedited videos if anything just go to coffee.com create an account follow us don't support us if you can't or don't want to but you'll be in the know about anything relevant that's happening new blog posts new podcast episode i'll try to be a little bit more diligent about those kinds of regular updates if you don't have notifications turned on in on twitter on instagram or facebook this is the place that you'll probably want to get these updates from anyway you know we're on slasher too we're on reddit i don't update there as much you know i but i'm gonna try to you know for people who like slasher like reddit we even have a locals.com community i should be using a little bit more often it's it's actually a really good place for all of us to actually have these kinds of conversations where you guys can post anything you want it's a community group i may roll that out actually i it may be a really good place for all of us to get together if we want to talk about certain things you know kind of like future giveaways nisa maybe and we can update that those threads you know and i I'm, you know what i'm gonna give it some heavy thought because i do want to kind of build a little bit of a community there and we can have really really good conversations some people can hop on from other communities you know it's a good way of building bridges it's the way the way social media should be like you own your sphere you have people join your sphere and you know you build an audience that way you decide how much you want to censor you decide what is harassment what is bullying what is all these other things that people are sensitive about you know and you decide the levels at which you want to regulate certain things you know so maybe i'll maybe i'll, I'll set that up and we also have to get we also have to get a new merch store that's a long story <laughs> it's a really long story i don't know why I don't know why I decided to go ASMR on that one, but here we are. I hope you really enjoy that. Uh, these clips are only available right now in an unlisted YouTube playlist, and um, we'll never do anything like this again. I promise you that, but we will be more diligent about making clips because really that's that's the essence of getting people to listen to the entire podcast, you know, one way or the other, live, via video or whatever. I, I realize that this is it's never been more clear that this is the way forward. This is the only way that people are going to understand what you guys are doing, what, what we're doing, sorry, what you guys are doing well Lonnie, thank you yes thanks dave and what the fuck nisa for all your well that you do you are welcome as long as you're here to listen that's that's the, the most important part and with that everybody we'll catch you on the flippity flop see you guys soon love you thank you and uh we'll talk to you soon thank you nisa thank you and good night good night <laughs> good night Malani. well good night Malani.